2: Welcome to the Chelsea fancast fueled by Guinness powered by celery the show that is still utterly deflated 3 days after having our double bubble burst now i have never ever felt more confident on my way to Wembley as i was on saturday leaving the pub i felt positively serene no pre-match nerves to speak of at all after all we were champions Playing our perennial whipping boys, Arsenal, who had no defence. And then the game kicked off. Football has a nasty habit of kicking you squarely in the bollocks, and Saturday was such a day. We said beforehand if Chelsea played at 100% of their capability, they would win. Sadly, they didn't turn up, and Arsenal played at 150% of theirs. In spite of the referee's typical incompetence, we can really have no complaints, as Arsenal wanted it more than the Chelsea players. If only they had wanted it as much as us, the fans who were dreaming of another double. Until deflated and let down, the bubble burst. Now I know how Liverpool fans felt when they lost the cup to Wimbledon. Oh well, at least we're champions and are directly responsible for keeping Wenger at Arsenal for another couple of years. Every cloud and all that. Anyway, I'm Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Fancast Double Bubble Burst. And I promise that that will be as sombre as it gets. Anyway, on the last Chelsea Fancast of the season, probably, I am delighted to welcome, as always, my, uh, my, uh, my Batman my Batman, Mister Jonathan Kidd. How are you?
0: Surely, wouldn't I be your Robin?
3: No, because no, I was thinking—I was trick. Thinking, well, indeed, yeah, no, that's I know, yes. I was
0: making another joke. I was making another. You joke. Were
2: you were? I know, but I was thinking of a military sense.
0: I know. I know you were. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> how are you? Carry your bag. How are you? Carry uh, your bag, well,
2: I could have called—I could have called you my fag, but that would have been different, wouldn't it?
0: Well, we'd have understood, but other people in America wouldn't.
2: They wouldn't. They wouldn't at all. No, no, and don't. Let's no. not talk about fannies.
0: No, or a fanny fanny pack. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Indeed, Jonathan. Indeed. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. You are going to cheer me right up tonight. I know you will. Uh, now, um, out of the four of us, I was uh, delighted to see uh, Dan. Dan, 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 Dan in the Victoria pub before the game, and we we were on super form, weren't we, in the pub, Dan? It was oh. all wonderful at that point, wasn't it?
3: It was excellent, lovely crowd of people, you know, joy, happiness, talking about winning, and then it all went wrong at 5.30, but that was a, it was a really mm. great pre-game, really disappointing from 5.30 onwards.
2: Yeah, it was, it was, it was. Now, last, but by no means least, because people, or as I'm going to start calling you in true, what was I, I can't remember the guys, the, 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 the guys, um, oh God, what was it called? Oh, blimey. Br'er Rabbit, wasn't it? And you, I remember being read that as a kid, and it would be dear, dear Chillin'. That's how it was called. So, um, Dear Chillin' out there listening to the fan cast, uh, I always save the best till last, and there is no exception tonight. The fan cast favourite, uh, Ms. Alexandra Churchill, also known as the girl who likes balls, is in the house.
1: Woo! Etc. Yay!
2: You're excited. I'm excited. I'm
1: excited. I'm excited because I think there's possible <clears throat> scope for rantage tonight. I need there a good is. rant.
2: You do well. Keep it clean. Before, That's all I ask. The, I
1: will. <clears throat> I will. But yeah, before the before we all clock off till August, I feel like I need a good yeah. rant after that.
2: I Shit. know. Well, day. we're gonna have one. We're gonna have one because on the show tonight uh, we are. <clears throat> but bear with me. I've got the mother of all hay fever, so I'm a bit throaty. But on the show tonight. We are going to ask if the decision on Arsenal's first goal made the difference on what on earth... Oh, yeah, and what on earth was Victor Moses thinking with that dive? Goodness me. Um, In part two, we're going to uh, ask if Conte was too cautious. Should he have started Fabregas instead of Matic? And uh, why is the team prone to performances like this? But will it do us a favour going forward? And was this our most disappointing cup final defeat of all time? I know what I think. Uh, anyway, in part three and four, as I promised last week, because we had so many emails last week, and I and I, and I love to honour our promise that we read them all out, we have actually going to have two parts, as I said we might, uh, to deal with all of your emails from all over the blue world, and of course this is your last chance to have your say this season, so um, we will do our best to read them all, all out tonight. Jonathan has been doing vocal exercises all weekend uh, to get in preparation for this, haven't you, sir? Yep. There we go. He's been, he's been suck, he's been, he's been sucking honey all weekend. That's all I can say. Uh, now, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at seven o'clock by going to Mixler Live Mixler forward slash Chelsea Fancast, where of course you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. Uh, of course, you can always uh, tweet us uh, at Chelsea Fancast during the show, tell us what you think about the games. Now, of course, this is the last show so uh, of the season. So uh, obviously we won't be live uh, next Monday or the one after that. There is some conjecture about whether we may or may not do um, a, a kind of an end of season roundup. I'm, I'm thinking about it, but I might need to uh, have a lot of rest and therapy. So we'll see. Um, and uh, on that point, we've got loads of people in the house, of course, listening from uh, Mixler Mixler World. Excuse me, here cupping. We've got Shed Up a Man, who is also known as Ramsey, Rob Coon, Bob Ousey. Bashersk, one, two, three, a blue up north. N. Bianco, no relation to Matt Bianco, I presume. Uh, Jack CFC, 1996, the lovely Andy Silverman, Chuckles, Cabby. Uh, Who else we got? Mr. Tony Glover, the reverend is in the house. And the lovely, lovely Matt Jazz and Andrew Self. So we've got the usual crowd in there, which is always good to see. Uh, Now, before we carry on, I've got some very sad news, actually, that Andy um, tipped me the wink on earlier on this evening, actually, which... uh, I promised him I would mention, but uh, very, very, very sadly, um, a, a very good friend of his, a chap called Gordon Knox, who was aged 58 and a lifelong Chelsea supporter, uh, was sadly found dead in the morning after the Eddie Mac do in his hotel room. Um, obviously, we don't know what the causes are, but nevertheless, very, very sad. And uh, I know Andy was with him on that night, and I, 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 as far as I know, I might well have met him, Andy. So uh, very, very sad to hear that. Um, obviously, our thoughts are with his family, and, uh, and may you rest in peace. So I'm very sorry to kind of be the harbinger of bad news at the beginning of the show, but there you go. Afterwards, it will probably get worse, because we're going to talk about the Cup defeat to Arsenal after this break. Okie doke, time to talk about the cup final. Goodness gracious me. Let's get let's get it out of the way first, right here and right now. Um, you know, when uh, when uh, I you know saw the goal go in, I was absolutely convinced. I mean, you know, I'm sitting right up in the gods, you know. Well, not right up in the gods, it was the kind of the front row of the upper tier, but <clears throat> I was and I was miles away from it, but I was convinced it was handball from where I was. I didn't really see the offside because it's quite hard to see. So I was like giving the, the wanker sign to all the Arsenal fans telling them to sit down and shut up or words to that effect. Uh but Pablo Pablo who was of course probably the most intelligent person I know was like shit shit ref ref's going to give it the ref's going to give it it's, it wasn't offside ref's going to give it. And I said no 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 and he bloody gave it. He bloody gave it. Now only only when I you know re- you know saw the re- highlights later on did I realized what an appalling an appalling decision that was but let's be really really honest folks um after that end of that first half we we should have been four 0 down so you know the, the the moot point really is did it really make any difference now i know alex's blog absolutely went potty on on taylor she hates referees i don't uh, hate referees as... but
1: i really hate taylor and moss
2: yeah all right well i'm going to let you have yeah. first blow out on this apologies jonathan i know you normally do Um, But I know Alex has got a right bug up her derriere about this, so I'm just going to, like, stand back from the mic.
1: (laughs) I'll say that, no, in the long run, it wouldn't have made any difference because we completely weren't at it. But having said that... Everyone I know, when they saw that dickhead had been given the cup final, said, oh, we're fucked. He'll do something ridiculous to someone. And then, obviously, the inevitable outcome of everybody talking about how hard done by Arsenal have been at his hands all season long was that he fucking gave them everything, including a goal that shouldn't have been a goal. And maybe it would have it would have levelled out the first half a bit more. But like I say, I don't think we turned up and I don't think we could say that we by any means deserve to win that game. But if you can't, I mean, I listed six other referees I'd have picked before I gave that dick an FA Cup final. And are you telling me they were all busy? I mean, where was Oliver? They they were doing their hair. Alex, 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 Alex.
2: Alex, they were doing their hair and that's why Taylor got it because he doesn't have any. (laughs)
1: Oh, he's a wanker. He's just not fit for purpose. He isn't fit for purpose as a Premier League referee.
2: Jonathan, 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 you, of course, uh, as as we, we often forget, and you actually, you know, in, a, in, a, in a quite a humble way, uh, remind us, you've actually got your referee's badges, haven't you? Um, yeah. Was that a poor decision or what?
0: It was unbelievably dreadful. It was the very fact that he's... It's the FA Cup final, and he so fucks up. And mm. yet somehow has been defended in the media as being correct. It just shows you where Chelsea are in the pecking order, is that uh, everybody wanted that goal to expand, even though it was utterly illegal on two counts. But for God's sake, <coughs> you know, Suarez volleyballed it, Handballed it twice, and and it was so obvious. How did the officials miss it? There was I saw a picture on Twitter of he, he, he was. I thought that he, he was behind Suarez, but after the fact he was to the left of Suarez, and he said it. it, it, um, sorry, sorry, not it is, it's not It's not um, Sanchez. 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 He said it hit his knee. I mean, what what was he looking at? In it to me, the problem. Is, I I know we played dreadfully, but I, I, the, the it's this the the game revolves on incidents like this, and we might not have been so away with the fairies as we were for the whole of the first half. Um, uh, if uh, if the goal hadn't stood, it was almost as if I've seen it with us before. We sort of get a bit we're a bit dozy in the first few minutes, and then have to warm up a bit. You know, like the very fact when the goal when the the goal was created because. Um, uh, Courtois got the ball and rolled it out, didn't he? And then, uh, yeah, after got in the way of Cante or something. And then, which was sort of looking back on the second, on the whole of the first half, it was quite typical of what was going on. But, mm. um, but it, it somehow, I, I don't think they would have played as badly if the goal hadn't gone in. It was almost as if their heads bizarrely went down after that, which I found um, peculiar. But anyway, regardless of that, it was a completely horrendous, useless. Decision, and I would like to know what, what's happened. Has he, has he been, as somebody said to him, look, um, you know, within the referees' hierarchy, you completely got this wrong. How inept is that? Or well, the very fact that is that is a perfect example of of how we ought to be having video refereeing, because it's a it's a, a cup final for God's sake,
1: and it's one of the worst decisions I have ever seen in a cup final on Can I- levels. I was just going to say, can I put something constructive in, not ranty about him, but I've been going back and doing a review of referees for the blog book and actually that man, it's not just the shitness of his decisions, it's actually the fact that players aren't safe when he's refereeing. There were two games this season where he was in charge. One was Man City where David Lewis ended up with a bandaged leg for months and the other one was Stoke Away where you seriously believed in that game that someone was going to get hurt because he didn't have a handle on the game. So it's not just his understanding of the rules, his absolute lack of gonads in control of the football game, as well, that well, make I him awful poor
0: whether it's whether it's, it's his vision, as well, if he can't see <laughs> something as simple <laughs> as that, you know, it, it, it's Specsavers time. But also, what I know is it, the linesman doing for God's sake. Well, there
2: there is that. I mean, listen on, on the apart from the handball, which was clearly, you know, I, I that was a, that was such a handball. How he could not give that, I do not know. And as you say, Jonathan, how the linesman could not give that, I don't know. But I actually think it was it was it was absolutely offside. I mean, you know, Ramsey moved to that wall, and as I can't remember what manager it it was who used to say this, but I don't know why he he must have been Scottish. But I always hear it like, if you're not interfering with play, you shouldn't be on the pitch, because he was clearly interfering with play, and it was absolutely arse gravy. But I'm going to move it on, uh, Dan, because we haven't heard from Dan yet. Um, okay. Other than the other other than the appallingness of uh, of, of that decision, Dan. Um, you know what about what about the Moses thing? Um, I mean, you know, was he right to send him off? Was, you know, I mean, I, I think I think I think I think we can all say it was a dive. I I I, I can't think yeah. that any of us would think that it wasn't a dive. But give, given that it was a dive. Do you think it was a bit harsh sending him off for giving him another yellow card, or what?
3: Uh, no, those are the rules. I mean, it'd been the other way around; we've been screaming for a red card. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was stupid. I, I don't think it was a, a, a dive. Dive. It was like half a dive, like a die, because I think he kind of went past the guy and then fell, as opposed to diving. He didn't kind of do like a, a Louis Suarez or run over six times. It's was, it was a, it a stupid thing to do, having just been booked. Um, but it just it just turns about the whole game. You know, no one really. Got going, but then again, Costa could have equalised a second equaliser when he hit it straight off Spina. Um it was, just, it was just a very, very frustrating game because there was no continuity. Mm. The team kept breaking down. Kante had a poor game. Matich had a poor game. It's just one of those. I think we thought we'd just turn up and win it. Maybe we had well, too much alcohol. Dan, Dan
2: where, where, where do you stand on cheating? And the reason I ask this, as you know, I listen to to Cundy a lot on, on on the sports bar and. You know, he's very much of the view that cheating is kind of irrelevant in football. It's a professional game and you do whatever you can to take advantage. But if you get caught, you get the punishment and that's fair enough. Yeah, that's...
3: I mean, where do you stand on that? I think I, get a, I agree with Connie to a point. I think if, if it goes for your team, you kind of, you know, you look at, at rose-tinted spectacles when it's the other team, mm. you go, oh, that's fucking disgraceful, it's yeah. disgusting, it shouldn't been yeah. done. Listen, you, you, if you can get an advantage, fairly or unfairly, you take it. It goes for us. It goes against us. It happens to all against all teams, you know. The referee, you know, saw that he saw he saw the um, the dive. All right, he didn't see the bloody handball on the offside. So he's obviously got selective vision. Yeah, um, I mean, the
2: the the, re- the reason I ask is that, as always, of course, all, all every other football supporter in the land, other than Chelsea fans, are all up in arms and saying that Moses is an absolute arsehole because he cheats and all of this kind. Oh, he's got form. He's got history. That's why. Uh, you know that's why um, he was right to right, send him off on the right. And I, I think I think none of us would question, would they, Alex, that he was right to be sent off because he dived and he got away with it. My my argument is, he's bloody stupid. It, you know, it was a terrible, terrible dive. Um, why did he do it? If he why did he do it? If he's not very good at it, <laughs> you know, think, if you're going to dive, you'd get did better at it. Intentionally
1: dive. I just don't know if oh, it wasn't. Uh, no, I no, but I did. don't. know. I don't think he he thought I'm going to dive now when he I lost his foot. Him. I think he thought, oh, I might just put a That's bit of flourish on that. To see what? Yeah, yeah, that
3: he was. It was. I don't think he was like premeditated. I think he. Yeah, and I just going. think thought
1: he, harsh, it looked to me
3: there. when I got home and forced myself to watch the key points of the match. It looked like he kind of stumbled and fell, as opposed to like a blatant mm. dive because there was no, there wasn't outstretched leg for him to fall over, which is always the, you know, the grey yes. area. I kind mean, of went past to, the to... guy and fell. I was right to be fair,
2: that. to be fair, Alex. To be fair, I've I've seen a lot worse. Jonathan, wh- where do you stand on all of this?
0: Uh, he was having such a dreadful game, um, which he was the worst Chelsea player on the pitch for me, um, and I thought he just—it was kind of a, a, an inevitable end to uh, uh, to uh, his his being part of the match. He, he just sort of fell over. Distracted,
1: like perhaps, by the fact that he got married the day after. Well, he kept he not was. in it.
0: Perhaps his mind wasn't there. I thought he was maybe maybe been nervous. We can't we can't work. I I don't understand why Conte didn't uh, push them forwards. Nobody did any pressing whatsoever. And uh, Matic, as you said, was just bizarre. He made no tackles whatsoever in the
1: stats. I mean mm-hmm. outdid Conte well, on second. Well, do, two, do you
2: think patterns. so? Do you think so, Alex? Because I mean, oh, yeah. uh, it, it, just because I mean, I, 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 I did want to talk about this at the end of this part, but I think it's a good time to talk about it now. You know, I mean, I know you all said at the beginning, and I think you were right. I mean, Jonathan certainly said this, that that, that they kind of wanted it more. But I did notice, actually, the way that Arsenal came out. Uh, and they pressed and pressed and pressed us. They, they won the midfield battle, crucially. I thought Xhaka and uh, Ramsey were were far on our midfield, but I also thought they were very clever in the way that he pushed his wing backs up, which basically, mm-hmm. you know, as we've seen all season, confuses the shit out of Alonso and Moses. If they've got two of their wing backs sitting on them, stopping them going forward, they don't really it's know what to do. It. And what's yeah, better. exactly that, Jonathan. But I thought the other thing that was clever. Of I mean, what I'm really building up to is I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I have a suspicion that Wenger. You know, outthought Conte tactically, and the, and the other reason for that was that the way that he had Sanchez and Ozil on either either wing, and they were cutting in all the time and finding loads of room. So, I mean, in a sense, Jonathan, I, I do think, I do think, you know, bloody hell, Wenger outthought Conte tactically—a sentence I never thought I would ever hear myself. Well, say.
0: I, I, I think it wasn't helped by the fact that the team was so under-energized because we didn't press them at all. I kept saying, I mean, Costa kept sort of wandering up towards Espina when he had the ball, whereas um, uh, uh, Sanchez was just completely on top of uh, Courtois. It was just that no, the energy wasn't there. So, all right, yes, tactically, they were on top. But I reckon that if we, if we reacted with the same energy, they'd have been equally um, um, disadvantaged.
3: Yeah. I agree with that agree. completely, yeah. Spot on, yeah. I think it was It was more that Arsenal were playing at 150% and we were playing at 50% at yeah. best. That's yeah. why they won. I, I think an all-form Chelsea team would have put Arsenal to bed easily, but too, too many players had a bad day. I, I, I don't think anybody got over a five, in fairness, in that game. I just thought it was just, really, just um, a really... I mean, a lot of people...
2: Dan, a lot of people, uh, a lot of the pundits were saying that they looked leggy. I mean, I mean, I, I actually said this to Stu. I mean, I was very lucky because I had a great, I mean, you know, apart from all that, had a lovely day because I sat with Phil, Psycho Phil, yeah. and Stu Norman, you know, original podcaster, and, and Pablo, of course. It was really lovely to watch a game with mates because I don't, I mean, you know, I sit up my on my own in uh, Gate 17, so I don't, don't get the chance too much. So that was really nice. And I, Stu and I just looked at each other within 10 minutes and said, Jesus, wep, they're playing like they they've been on the piss with us all week. Yeah. Uh, which I think is which is our way of saying they look leggy. But do you think do you think they were a bit leggy, Alex? Is that what it was? Did, did they take it too lightly? Were they complacent? Were they you know eye off the ball? What was it?
1: I don't think. I just they're professionals, and I would hate to think that any of them turned up thinking, "Yes, any fucking Arsenal will do them. We've <laughs> got no defenders. It's be it's be easy." But there's just, I mean, it was lacklustre. It was. I mean, when we did have a chance to retain the ball. We didn't. I mean, but even, I will say that even playing that badly with 10 men, we still could have equalised. Yeah. If, Ospina, if he'd have put yeah. it anywhere else on apart from director Ospina, it would have been two all going into injury time. And I will just say that I'd probably give Gary Cahill a six because of the amount of times he got the ball off the line or literally stopped us from being yeah, four yeah. or five down in the first half. You know, know what, though? As, I mean, uh, yeah. sorry, of go on. I think was I, was I noticed was well. sorry, Alex. so I was just saying Dave's energy as well, those two, I don't feel like they ever sort of deserve to get bashed for a, a want of effort and a want of passion, but the others just I, did they not want it? I mean, I th- like I said in the blog, I think this will hurt them more than it hurt any of us come Monday morning, yesterday morning because they realise that they've literally pissed a double away at the last yeah. minute. Right. They Absolutely did all right. that work all season. They annihilated Spurs in the semi-final, and it was theirs for the taking. And yeah. they didn't turn up. I don't mind when
2: and the, we get. And these opportunities don't come round very often. And that's the, that's the no. criminal nature of it. But Dan, what were you going to say?
3: Yeah, because I was, well, I was, I was right above Conte where I was sitting, and he he didn't look as animated as normally was. Like Aleman United, where he was a little bit subdued. He didn't quite seem as. A, you know, pointing, and shouting. So I don't know whether he, you know, there was a, there was a whole kind of malaise over the team because you see, now you know, you watch him and he's forever gesticulating, pointing, shouting. He just seemed very, I don't know, within himself, not the normal Interestingly, I
1: saw him um, before the Palace game and he was the same then as well, about yeah. two hours before kick-off in the Palace game. He wasn't himself. I even said to him, you look wasted. And he <laughs> just said a little bit and jokes about it but then look at the result that happened after it so yeah i I think
2: palace palace was very different alex because we we were not not at it we 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 should have won that game run and you know 99s out of a 99 times out of 100 we would have done Mm. so i don't think that was it um you know you talked about that uh you're right i mean costa could very well have equalized and uh you know, I mean, I, I'll let I'll let you into a little se- two little secrets actually. One was, in fact, I can now admit this uh, publicly, but the team and Antonio Conte have an- actually been out with me on the piss all week, which is why they were so hungover. Uh, no, I'm only joking. But um, one one thing I can reveal is that um, I actually missed the Costa goal. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I did it for a reason. I was very pissed off at the time, uh, and I needed a piss. And I kind of remembered what happened uh, when Williams scored against Tottenham in the semi-final. And I thought, I know what I've got to do. I've got to take one for the team here and I've got to bias a goal. So I <laughs> went for a P. And as I was walking up the stairs, it all went ballistic and Costa had scored. Uh, and what was the most criminal thing of all, Jonathan, was by the time I sat down the bastards had scored again. And, I mean, how criminal is it? All you have to do is defend for a five minutes, of a bit of stability, and what happens? They let... a. I mean, you know, Christ alive. I mean, Ram, uh, Ramsey had the freedom of London to walk through the defence and score, didn't he, Jonathan?
0: Yeah, but it, it sort of seemed to s- sum up the game, didn't it, really, that you, we somehow prize ourselves back into it with only ten men from a deflected yeah. shot from Costa and then fall asleep again. It's the most elementary. We kept making elementary errors, which I thought were beyond this Chelsea team. And yet, yeah. as you say, we've seen echoes of it in the Spurs game. We've seen echoes of it in the Man United game. Um, uh, and you almost needed... I and mean, the one thing about this this Chelsea side is even when they're playing badly, you always think there's going to be a... A, a fantastic goal or somebody will do or there'll be a move that will blow everybody away. But um, to me, that was just sort of typical of the way the day was going. I uh, the fact that they just went up the other end and scored immediately. You thought that is so schoolboy, you know, you're supposed to be concentrating. <coughs> that's, the, that's the time when you don't want to be complacent. And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, Well, me and everybody around me were just in in despair about it. But it it just seemed very typical of the day. Yeah.
2: It was very disappointing. And, you know, I'm sorry, people, to sound so... I mean, I promise you, in in a minute, we're going to get into the second part. And uh, I promise you, it'll only be half miserable. And then the second half of it, hopefully, will be a bit more positive. Because after the break, we're going to ask if Conte was too cautious. Should he have started Fabregas instead of Matic? And, uh, and one and picking up, really, on the, on the thing that we were, we were talking about a minute ago, really. Why, why is the team prone to performances like this? Because it's not the first time it's happened this season. But, 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 will it do us a favour going forward? And, uh, and was this our most disappointing cup final defeat of all time? We're going to take you down a thoroughly depressing uh, trip down memory lane. Um, sorry, people. Get your Valium out. See you in a second.
0: Only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. Real
3: I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chich and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea.
2: Welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, I'm delighted for the last show of the season. I'm going to say it because I say this every week, no matter who's on, to be fair. But I've got my favourite people on this week. They are, of course, the <laughs> lovely Jonathan Kidd. Uh, oh. the, uh, the, my my favourite drinking buddy, apart from Tony Glover, because I know he's in the, in the chat room. That's why I had to say that, Dan. Uh, my <laughs> favourite drinking buddy, Dan Silver. And my favourite, favourite Chelsea writer... The lovely Alex Churchill. What, a, what? I mean, that's the only thing that's cheered me up is the thought of doing a show with you guys tonight for the last one of the season. Now, um, before we uh, uh, broke for part two, we were talking, obviously, about the defeat to Arsenal. But one thing we didn't really uh, get into was, was Antonio Conte's role in this. Now, I mean, you know, I'm not just making this up and, you know, talking out of my arse. I mean, I know, I know you lot out there think that that's basically what I do. Uh, but you see, now you see, I did a show with Kerry on Thursday and I actually had a row with Kerry because I said that I wanted Fabregas to start because I thought that he would be more effective against Arsenal. OK, one can say that, you know, they did play very, they play, they were very un-Arsenal-like, I think, in terms of their tackling and their pressing. But nevertheless, I stand by that. Um, but first of all, I just wondered if, if, if by picking Matic, uh, Conte was being perhaps a bit too cautious, Dan. And I mean, we did sit quite deep, didn't we?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think hindsight's a wonderful, wonderful asset. I think he picked the right side based on the way he thought Arsenal would turn up with, you know, with Shaka, the three in midfield. Um, I think he brought Fabregas on too late, I'd say. I think I would oh, have brought him on at half time. I'd have
2: taken Matic off on 30 minutes, Dan. I think he was playing that badly.
3: Yeah, I mean, he could have said, yeah, I mean, I think he could have changed at half time. Um, I, I think Arsenal caught us by surprise, possibly. Uh, and Conte yeah. by surprise. I mean, he's he's maybe picked the wrong side twice this season, maybe three times. So you know, g- g- given what he's done, I, I'd I'd always trust his judgment over over the majority of people. It was just it just we collectively we didn't turn up, and maybe you can you know Antonio all the way down. We didn't turn up. Play shockingly um, could have been hammered, but we're, luckily we just got away with a two one. Yeah, if it had it been me, I would I would probably started that team just because. You know, you know, try to win the midfield with Matic and Kante and then bring on Fabregas sort of later in the game when it's one, and try and create more chances. So, mm. but, you know...
2: OK, yeah. Well, I mean, I accept that, you know, and at the end of the day he is the manager, isn't he? Yeah. Um Alex?
1: Yeah.
2: What's going on?
1: A Chav punch-up outside on the street by the looks no! of it.
2: I can, I can hear are, it.
1: They are moving. I'm two floors up as well, but they are not hanging around. They are moving, so they should... Bugger off
2: in a minute, sorry. Yeah, the, the joys of living in Croydon. They're,
1: no, they're it's probably Sutton. Palace fans. Come on,
2: sorry Sutton. <laughs> oh, so so not sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, I should be getting I should be getting papers from her lawyers in the morning.
1: Oh, um, some bloke was getting right earache.
2: Then I don't know what he did. Yeah, but he's in Alex. Trouble. Alex, th- you, uh, let's let's t- t- go, go back to the football. I mean, I think Dan, yeah. as always, makes a very valid point there. But I mean, let's be honest. It's not the first time that that Matic has had a mare. Um, I mean, do you think this might be his last Chelsea game? I mean, I've heard rumours that it's, it's 50-50 whether he stays or goes. But, I mean, you, do you think... Am I just being... Because, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not one to slag players off. I'm really, really not. You know, they don't play shit on purpose at the end of the day, and they do their best. But I'm just kind of... As I said, I am aware that, you know, he he's... This is not the first time he's had an absolute mare. And he, he had what can only be described yesterday as an absolute... It's not yesterday, Saturday, as an absolute mare.
1: Um, he does have them, doesn't he? I think if mm. Chelsea think they, I don't think he's world class. I don't think he's the best person around in that position. I think if Chelsea think they've got someone on their radar that will sign that's better than him, they won't have any problem shifting him on. Um, he he was better this season. He was absolutely atrocious last season. Uh, his attitude was crap. He was crap, and it just got to the point where every time I saw his face, I wanted to like fly at him like a rabid gerbil and just claw his eyes out, especially when he stopped off at Palace without calling <laughs> the away fans or anything because Mikel got more attention than him. Um, he's been better this season, but he's not been the player he was when we won the title under Mourinho. Um I don't know, I wouldn't be heartbroken to see him gone if I'm honest. He does, he is prone to the odd complete stinker. On his day, he's yeah. better than Mikel was at blocking off ooh, the other ooh, team coming ooh. at you on his day. But they're too rare. Ooh, for me, Mikel was 100% yeah. more consistent yeah. in that position yeah. and prone to maybe once in a blue moon, a complete brain fart. But for me, Matic has way too many of them. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, we've just the... won the league and of course, obviously we're disappointed about the FA cup but we have just won the league but we do need to strengthen and i don't think matic is good enough that's we're going to get into that in a minute Jackson, let's
2: let, let's not let's not have premature ejaculation <laughs> quite yet alex you know, set, keep your powder dry. I thought you clawed that back about Mikel very, very well there, because I won't have oh, a no, bad word you. to say about Mikel. No, I love no, you. No, and, and I think he was a far better player. And actually, the irony of that is that I got a bit of a slagging years ago, which is a long time ago, on the fan cars because I was a, I had, I used to have real downers on, on Mikel, and then I saw him put in a performance that made me realise what his role on the team was and why he was such a valuable player. But, Jonathan, where, where do you stand on Matic?
0: Um, well, uh, 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 the point that um, that Alex just made about uh, he's not world-class, I think is a really relevant one within mm. the team. If the aspiration for the club, as is, I've always said this, has been this is why the youth don't get in. If the aspiration is to be world-class, the youth has to be a great player and everybody should be uh, great players, and if they don't come up to the uh, uh, terrible American expression, don't come up to the plate, you um, they, they shouldn't be playing unless they can become uh, the whole team just goes up a, a notch. And uh, the very fact to me that the team put in a performance like that on on Saturday um, was was symptomatic of them not being good enough for what is required i think the season was great and they they exceeded all expectations but for the for uh, for Matic to have these these dips which he does do to me reveals that he is easily replaceable um i'm afraid as is moses
1: Someone else has just pointed out that Ramirez, along with Mikel, as well. I just don't see Matic in the same bracket. I don't see him as him being one to turn up and to lift you in a big game.
0: No, that's true. Which Ramirez used to do. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, um, I mean, I, but the idea, isn't it, is is to get is to buy some top class midfielders next year. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, coming up in the next few weeks. So um, I think his place is in uh, in question. But I agree completely. When he first came from Benfica, where he'd been player of the year, hadn't he, in the the Portuguese league, uh, uh, he was uh, a notch above the performances that he's put. Even though he's played, you know, you say, oh, he's getting back to his best. He has never quite got back to his best for me.
2: I mean, ironically, Jonathan, his best game for us, I think, was, was his debut or his second debut when we played City away. You know that yeah, match, was, that match that we phenomenal. all watched in the studio, yeah, and he absolutely yeah. he bullied, he bullied Torre. Yeah. You know he made he made he made Torre look like a pub player, and I just, we were all going, wasn't it? Yeah, we were all, we were all ne- going,
0: wow, weren't we? We were saying, yeah. wow, what a player that boy is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we yeah, haven't really achieved that again. It was a bit like Oscar, yeah. who initially we thought, blimey, if we this player plays like this, it's fabulous. And from then yeah. on, he never ever quite achieved no. that. No, that's very so, true. Well, I see. mean, I
2: think let's it's, see. I, th- I think it's very disappointing that that he didn't start with Fabregas because I just had a suspicion that that Fabregas would have been so up for that game from the word go because he knows how much the Arsenal fans hate him and and he would have gone out with a point to prove and and and, and he I, is I one just,
1: that can lift you.
2: He is, and I think he's quite a leader actually. I mean, as you as people out there will probably realise, I've increasingly warmed to Fabregas as this season has gone on and, and, and no small part of that is the fact that he's been such a professional this year because he's clearly not been uh, Conte's first choice and yet he's not he's not thrown his toys out of the pram or spat the dummy out He he's just bided his time he's, he's been great when he's been called upon he's been an absolute professional and and, and I really think if we'd have started with Fabregas, I i, I mean, you know, we can, we'll we never know, and I think it's a daft thing to say in many respects, but I just had the feeling that, that he would have been really, really up for it. I mean, one one thing that that, that we should mention, really, Dan, in, in dispatches, is it's not all doom and gloom. Well, it is all doom and gloom, but I think, you know, Cahill uh, stepped up to the mark on uh, Saturday. I mean, two, you know, clearances off the line are not to be sniffed at. And I also think, actually, Costa did all right. I mean, I, I was very aggrieved. And again, this, uh, Stuart and I were saying this during the game about our only tactic seemed to be to hoof the ball up to Costa in desperation yeah. to get the ball away yeah. from, from our back line, Dan. But, I mean, you know, Costa did what a great striker should do. He scored one goal and he could have had another two. I mean, you know, and he, and he got no service, Dan.
3: No, he got. I mean, there was he. He did, had nothing to, but scraps to feed on, and he just he, he did did him a little bit. Everyone was going about how well Murtaç had played. I didn't think he played that well because he didn't have that much to do. But Costa was aggressive. He was looking to lay the ball off, and he just had he had a decent game. And you know his his post-match comments were quite interesting as well about that. He's only going to go to Atletico. He's not going to China, mm-hmm. so that might have mm-hmm. you know put that story to bed about where he might be next season. But same he had a decent game. He scored a goal. You know, a yard either side. He gets a second equaliser, and then you know, two or with five minutes to go, who knows which way it's going to go? You know, could have gone, hmm. could have gone our way. But I thought, I thought we had a good game on very little service from our attacking players. So,
2: all right. Well, look, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of like uh, dispense with the depression after one more trip down it. But I, I it just occurred to me, and I, and the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm posing this question uh, is that. Uh, You know, we were pretty much, me, Phil and Stu were talking about this on the way out. And of course, you know, Phil's been going since about the same number of years as Jonathan has, actually. So I thought he had some perspective on this. But when I walked out, I actually felt this was the most disappointing FA Cup final defeat that I have experienced. Uh, And if I kind of go kind of back uh, from, from today... Um, you know, I think the fact that we were massive favourites, we had the double at stake, that we didn't turn up and we lost to a bitter rival, all of those absolute um bellins that support Arsenal, you know, with their Hoxton beards and their three quarter length shorts and wearing their shirts over their hoodies, carrying a latte, will now forever be able to say they they screwed our double up, and that really hurts. That hurts. <laughs> So I, I have a, I have a feeling for me that this is possibly the most disappointing. I mean, because I was there at 2002 uh, in the Millennium Stadium. And at the end of the day, you know, we, we were the underdogs that day. We were a team in transition. Arsenal had the Indian sign on us massively. So, yeah. you know, I hated it, but I wasn't, I, you know, it was mitigated by that. 94, massive, massive underdogs, really. I mean, I know we beat them you know, at home and away. But United were the best team, and, I mean, they, they, they were up for the double that year. And we were done over by Ellery's two stupid penalties and a lot of bad luck, and it pissed down the rain. So that was dreadful. But I, I, there was no, I wasn't lucky enough to be there. But, I mean, you know, like everybody who was, I was so excited that we would actually were in a final for the first time in 24 years. And I, I, I didn't have the same disappointment as I, as I did on, on Saturday. The only one I can compare it to, and the only person here who knows dramatic pause, is Jonathan, Uh, and and I spoke to Phil about this, Jonathan, about the 67 final against Spurs, because I I kind of thought that that might have eclipsed this one, and he said, well, you know what, Chich? He said it was, but he said our form really, really tailed off at the end of that that season, so we weren't in particularly good form, and he said the only similarity really was that in 67 we just didn't bloody turn up against a London rival, and he said that really hurt. Alex has just gone <laughs> off on her motorbike. Be yeah. back in a sec. Shut the window, love. Uh, anyway, what? Jonathan. Oh right, God, it. They're loud in Sutton. Maybe Sutton oh, is turning just into Croydon. Dick
1: up the road with one of those scooters. He thinks he's all like right big because uh, he's got a scooter.
0: Uh,
2: has he got a,
1: okay. a, a learner badge, Jonathan? It's going to have a broken scooter if he doesn't shut up. Because I love. It anyway, Jonathan.
0: Like that and yet, yet he's got a, a learner badge. Um, going, um, going.
2: Going back to 1967, you were you there?
0: Yeah, 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 I was there. Yeah, I'm afraid I did a dreadful thing. I I left at two nil with my father. We were so upset.
1: Really? But,
0: uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I was well, you know, I was I was just a kid. So, um, uh, and when we missed Tambling's goal, I think you got a header, didn't you? We missed that. Um, but yeah, I think the difference was was that um Chelsea weren't weren't a great weren't as good a side. Um, yeah, and had and bizarrely had Tony Hately playing centre forward. Yeah. Because Ozzy
2: um, had broken his leg that year, hadn't he?
0: Yes, yes. And yeah. he bought Hakely and then sold him as soon as possible the following year to Liverpool. Um because all he could do was head the ball, is holding the ball up skills and anything. A bit else like his son. Yeah, yeah. Well actually Mark Hately did very well for Rangers and he played for England a few times. Yeah, he did all right. Um, he was a bit of a better player the son. But yeah, and it, it it what happened? The the football evolved into a lot of of booting the ball down the pitch for Haitley to try and head it, um, which really hadn't been the way they'd been playing under uh, Doherty before that, because it had been a much um, sweeter kind of football with uh, with Barry Bridges being a kind of very swift um, fulcrum, because he he didn't hold the ball up much. He was just you you could uh, you could in fact he was very like Vardy Bridges in a kind of um, the speed that he got to the ball. So you could actually just chip the ball over and, uh, or, uh, and he'd run after it as opposed to attempting to get Haightley to hold the ball up. Um, so he was in a, tra- in a great tradition of, of really rather inept centre-forwards uh, Haightley because we'd signed Derek Kevin who had played for England from West Bromwich in 1962 and I think he lasted a season because he, was, he wasn't any good. He was past his sell-by date. But I loved the fact that he actually managed to sell, Docherty managed to sell Haightley onto Liverpool um, and he scored a few excellent headed goals, but uh, um, you know you 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 have to play accordingly to you, you know you cut your suit according to your cloth, and you you with Hagley you you could only um, ex- try and get into headed. So yeah, the expectation was different because they weren't as great a side as we mm, are. It's a really good season. point, mate. You know, so so it was still a disappointment because I thought we were expect. I don't know, we 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 would had as 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 you, your mate said we were tailing off. We'd started off well. Um, and we did well to get to the final so there's always that disappointment but there was a kind of um uh, I think the other problem we had was that the Jimmy Greaves was playing you know yeah. he was playing for us yeah. and I think we and venables. a lot of time trying to yeah and venables and I think we tried to then close greaves down too much I think we were scared of him and all in all <laughs> the game plan was wrong in us well, whether you know, the game plan wasn't wrong with us this time we were just it didn't appear to be able to apply anything at all you know it to me chidge this has been the most um, this has been the most disappointing experience, one of the most disappointing experiences I've ever had watching Chelsea. Wow. Wow. I will tell you that for that very reason that we were the best team yeah. in the division. And we were the one yeah. of the, and, and you were, because Conte is such a wonderful manager and we played so wonderfully, you presume they would take all going in front of them. And thus, consequently, it was unbelievably painful. And embarrassing. Mm. I found it embarrassing as well. Mm. And as you say, because of the Arsenal fans, we had some. I was um, bizarrely next to where the Arsenal fan. There was a split, and there was some ginger-haired git <laughs> with a ridiculous <laughs> hairstyle. With you know one of those hairstyles where he's got shaven hair all the way up to his, his past his ears, and then this huge thing on top. And you want to you want to say to him, mate. You look like a dick. You really do look awful. Has it ever occurred to you? And I wanted to say to him, does your mother know you behave like this? Or the other thing I want to ask is, what do you do for a living? He spent the whole of the game shouting, uh, abusing us and telling us how appalling we were. And you just go, I wanted to, I kept saying, watch the game. Watch the game. Look at the game. And I, I, I despaired of it. But the very fact that he had an opportunity to behave this way was just skin-crawlingly awful it was it was for me it was a dreadful dreadful experience
1: and, mm. and once again da-
0: and slightly the trouble is if you've watched Chelsea as long as I have it's the kind of thing you go yeah okay that's what that's why we become pessimists watching our team all
2: because right of- Dan I pre- sorry mate Dan no, I no, presume no, you're no, no. uh May well, I I I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to kill myself if I let you carry on any because you're making me. I mean, because I, I agree, I, I agree with you, Jonathan. That's the thing. I I really do think this is the most disappointed I've been uh, at an FA Cup final. I mean, you see, I I kind of managed to remove myself from the hurt of uh, Moscow by by not even watching it because I was working and I was pretty. I have to be honest. I was pretty fucked off about losing to Spurs in the League Cup final, but it was the yep. League Cup final at the you end of the day. There, but, I, indeed, indeed. You know with, what I mean?
0: With, 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 D- with Moscow, but with Moscow, we played marvelously. There's yeah, we did.
2: From what I'm told, from what I'm told, so you we forgive
0: did. them. You forgive them. We were wonderful. We, do. we were all over them. We should have won it. You for, you forgive that, and it's just unfortunate. You do. And, but with this, this was absolutely... It was diff. This hurts. Appreciate. It does hurt, doesn't it?
2: Dan, um, I've no doubt you are as disappointed because we were very happy beforehand. I, something yeah. occurred to me, Dan, as well, actually, is that we, we've never won a, 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 a cup final of any flavour against a London rival because we lost to Spurs in 67, Arsenal 2002 and this year, and Spurs in 2008 in the League Cup final. Maybe we should just play Northerners.
3: Yeah, I mean, for, for me... 94 is on a par purely because it was like the first big cup final I've been to with my dad because obviously been to like the full members and there's any data, but that the hurt of 94 because it's first cup final, losing four 0 the rain, that was. And you would have you would have been par, about
2: six. You would have been about six then, wouldn't you?
3: No, I was twenty. And
2: I think I was twenty-one. <laughs> You're pulling your leg, yeah. I'm pulling your leg. Oh
3: yeah, I no, no. But no, that, that that I think that probably was on par. But I was I was walking out the ground on. Um, Saturday, I was in a foul mood. If I had a mm. cat, I'd have kicked it. Sorry, Alex. I'm <laughs> just uh, sucked.
0: really just we upset. We talk about Alex's pussy. <laughs> yeah. I
3: think my wife. Mrs. Slocum.
2: And- I tell you, I'm sorry, Dan. Sorry, Dan, to interrupt. Ne- I think next season we're now going to have to call Alex officially Mrs. Slocum.
3: <laughs> yeah. Because I, ph- I phoned my wife, and I was gay. Oh, do you want a curry? She gay. Where are you? I'm at West Hampstead. Oh, did you lose? And I went, yeah. She went, no, you're shitting me. <laughs> Even oh, she thought we'd win. So yeah. it was, um, no, I think I think '94 and yes, Saturday were my two worst worst finals mm. for for, mm. for different Out- differing reasons. Yeah, think, fair I enough. Alex, what? Though, uh, sorry, Jonathan.
0: Can I talk about '94 quickly? I just think '94 was very
3: different because we were huge underdogs. Yeah. Is- so. So much but, the underdogs, it was the emotional because it was a cup final. My dad's yeah. first big one we'd been to, yeah, it
0: was. I agree, I agree. And it you can actually tell apparently the emotional levels were, were um, uh, um, weighed up when they were it, they were There were results done on them, and we were all hysterical. Um, and all the Man United fans would just oh, it's another, another cup, another clause, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, mm. Alex, your turn. Um, where does this rank for you? Does it rank higher than any other defeat in WOME?
1: Uh, yeah, because nineteen ninety four, I was a kid and basically just massively ecstatic. They we were in the cup final, and nine and two thousand and two, I think I was travelling, so I think it just basically passed me by. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm I never. Oh like no, You are pissed off when you lose, always, but it's always easier to take and you can always forgive, like Jonathan said, if you turn up and you do your best and you're just beaten by a better team, then you can hold your hands up and say, we couldn't have done any more to win that. But we didn't turn up. That's what hurts mm. about Saturday, the fact that for whatever reason whether they started celebrating too early or whether they just dropped the ball i mean for me the whole every pro, every problem on saturday stemmed from a lack of concentration which either means you're tired or you're just not concentrating and that's what pisses me off because we even still managed to draw with them when we were awful and only had 10 men and they got gifted a goal so if we'd have actually turned up it could have been an awesome day out but as it was everybody went straight home and there were no gin cocktails that's basically no, what hurt more no. than anything.
2: You're right. You're right. I mean, I, I, I'd I planned to go back to the Fimbra afterwards for an Uber celebration. Celebra- I shouldn't use the word Uber. It's a banned word. Sorry, sorry Jace, if you're in Mixler still. I was going to go to the Fimbra for a massive piss-up, celebratory piss-up afterwards. But basically, Pablo left like a minute before the whistle went because he was feeling really ill. So actually, it, the whole experience had made him feel ill. Properly ill, <laughs> uh, and uh, and basically, me, Stu, and Phil said no. Well, they wanted to go. They had to go to Waterloo uh, to get the train home to Woking. So we just had a quiet, a very quiet pint of Guinness in the uh, the Wellington at Waterloo, and, and that was it. And I went home, mm-hmm. and my my wife said, my wife said, you lost. It's really sad. I'll give you a cuddle, which is what wives are for. Can, Alex, can I you just were say, can say though? Say something? Yeah, yeah,
1: as we were leaving on the final whistle, there were gooners pouring out. Yeah. And so I me being that. a big yeah. mouth, I turned around and I said to there was two or three of them and I said to them, Are you gonna stay and watch your team lift the trophy? And they one of them went, Fucking least they could win.
3: Or oh, that's watchers, just You wank. just
1: don't stay and watch it, and that for me just epitomises the Arsenal fans that I hate—the entitled wankers who think absolute shit a Bigger club than they, act. yeah. Uh, well, it's the least they owed us, so no, I'm not staying to watch them. I'm going home before the tube gets crowded. And I just, I said to him, "You're just wankers, absolute
2: shit." They're not football fans. That's the thing, that's though. This, is, the what the really, this is what really, this is what, this is what really hurts me. I know, I know, I read it. This is what really hurts me about, about losing to that lot because Arsenal basically don't have any football fans anymore. You know, they're the, it's populated entirely by the kind of people that masquerade as Chelsea supporters on Twitter that wind us all up, that that have been winding us all up today about the lack of transfers. They're a club full of people like that. Uh, Let me stop now before I get more sweary (laughs) than Alex is even capable of. And I'm going to like change direction slightly because we've got a few minutes left in this part. Um, and actually, I, in a weird sense, and I know we're really upset, and, and why not? It's, you know, I hate losing at football, but there may be some positivity in all of this. And oh, and good. let 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 me let me fire this at you. I, I have a suspicion, and ironically, of course, it, it could be a repeat of what happened in September. In a, in a sense, I think this might help in the long run because I mean clearly, and we know this, even though we were brilliant in the league and, and we won record number of games and all of that, but clearly we know, we know that we 're not the finished article yet, and in a sense, you know winning the double in his first year where where do you go from that now Conte now Conte can make yeah exactly now Conte can make the case properly for strengthening the squad and spending properly in the summer Dan. You know, and, and hopefully that's what he'll do. And maybe maybe in a year or two's time, we can look back on this and say, well done, Arsenal, you did us two favours this year. You walloped us 3-0 at the Emirates and that made him change the system. And you embarrassed us in the cup final and that made them buy more players because we weren't finished yet.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I just really hope the board learnt their lessons from, you know, previous, you know, when we've invested miserably, we've ended up having an absolute shit horse of a season. We've Clearly, clear the squad is in balance. Conte's done so so well to win us the league with with that squad. We we need four or five key players. Obviously, you know we've got, we've had one, two. I think we had six six players go out. Of, you know, key squad players since since January. So that squad does need some strength and depth. Albeit we had some, we got you know a, a good 14. We really need to get a good 20 with sort of Champions League and everything else that's going on. You know, hopefully with the youth getting a few more games next season. But really, I just I just pray that Abramovich and everybody else listen to Conte and give him you know what he wants because this the man is, is is he's lovely. I mean, he, you know, they Chelsea. Will, you know, they're worried about their name, the image. There's no histrionics with this guy. He's giving Chelsea a good vibe. The press room, a little bit, you know, a little bit of credit here and here and now. We're a, we're a nice club, and that's what we need. We need to give Conte the players he wants and crack on next season, attack everything on four fronts. And yeah, they've, you know, just what, got,
0: they've just got 93 million, haven't they, from the six sales that
3: they've done? Something like that, yeah. Um, it is, without doesn't factor in anything to do with what we can spend now with um with tv money the new deal from nike everything yeah, else there I think jake jake cohen is always a good one to go go to I think I think he said something like 175 million could be spent i may i may be completely wrong but there's something like that could be spent without really having any effect on the mythical ffp which man yeah. city seems to
1: ignore they've already spent 43 I mean, you're all missing the absolute most positive silver lining of what Two, two more years. Two, 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 more,
3: two years more years for Aston Yeah. Awesome. We did that. Yeah, it was it was kind of like you know a, reverse psychology. Let's lay down and die. Well, and you we, know, we, know what? A T V. We did that. Enjoy.
1: Much as I'd like,
2: much as I'd like us to be able to claim victory for that, Alex. I think the reality is that he was always going to sign that two-year contract. i have heard no, that no, rumor maybe. kicking around for a while. But the bottom, the bottom line is, is that you know, I mean, here's the thing, Jonathan. You know. Let's not forget. I mean we are champions and we did yes. win those 30 yes. games. And and I mean yes. and 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 I think you know kind of the gist of what we've really been saying in the last few minutes is that Conte is unbelievable. He he has really genuinely made a silk purse out of a sow's ear this year. And yes. and this yep. season surely has exceeded our expectations and I think we'd all we'd all recognise that. But is, is there a, is there a little bit of a feeling that that not getting the double and losing on Saturday has put a bit of a dampener on it or or, or can we see past that?
0: Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Human nature is such that we wanted yeah. everything, but, um, yeah. and also because we're such a we're such a good side.
1: But we so, don't want to sound like Arsenal fans, but no, like the we, league we isn't
0: enough. No, it's, the way, it's not enough when you're in the final and you're playing wonderfully, and then yeah. you don't play well. It's it, and you don't turn up, and you just look absolutely appalling. That's when it becomes, and you're playing against your rivals. You can now crow. For the rest of our lives, <laughs> as said they will say <laughs> exactly. we prevented you from, from getting the double in in 2017. Ha, 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 ha. But be- we can always
1: come back with the fact that two years in a row we've stopped Spurs winning the league, so they should shut up and be grateful.
3: Be grateful. Yeah, I thought Spurs were the best team on Saturday, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but
1: <laughs> you know,
0: I, I but no, but let's 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 put this on a, on a, an even keel. Yes, it's been a fabulous season. And it's been wonderful and we've had great times um supporting them and watching the games and seeing them be great under a great manager. Um and that is the positive to take from the season. Yeah, it's been a wonderful season.
2: But this would I mean, that's be a,
0: completely. It would. It would have been the cherry on the
2: cake, cake wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean to be honest, Jonathan, I, I can't disagree with that at all. And I mean I, I've said this in print as well. I mean, you know, Saturday aside, which was gut wrenching uh, this has been one of the most joyful seasons I've had in years. I have just really, really enjoyed it, on and off, of you know, in and out of the stadium. It's just everybody's been happy. There's been a contentment and a happiness. The smile has been thoroughly brought back and put on our faces by this manager, Dan, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a happy place to get. I mean, lo- lo- last year, the Football Club, it, w- it was toxic. It was miserable. There was a lot of kind of, you know, shit hitting the fan. And and, and this year, it's just been. It's been great. It's been fantastic pre-match, and it's been great game to the game. I mean, some like the Everton game, for example, that was just some awesome football. That five-nil result, and just generally, it's been a really, really happy place. Conte's got that, you know, something about him—the way he smiles, where he laughs, where he just is. Just he's a, he's a charming man. I think he's, it's great. It's great for Chelsea again. There's a song about that, Den. That was about to go on to that. You stole my fund I don't know how it goes. I'm not going <laughs> to sing for, I'm no, not sing for so. you because you'll lose listeners quicker than um
2: All right. Shall, let, let's yeah. see if I can lose a few now when I when I throw to Alex. Um, so, Alex, I'm going to give you the final word on this, but are we happy, happy yes. with the season? That absolutely. Yes. Yeah, there's still yeah. places
1: to go. There's still lots of up to come from Conte he's got things to prove in europe he's never done that well in the champions league um yeah so happy time and this is don't forget this is the first window where he can actually have his pick of who's available because last season no one would have I mean Kante was taking a step up that's different but no world-class player was going to sign for us last August because there was this unknown quantity coming in to manage us and we weren't even in Europe and you didn't know if we were just going to turn into Liverpool and have like a five-year slump where we didn't make anything and we were a laughing stock but it didn't happen and I think he really is going to have players queuing up to sign for him after seeing what he's done. And yeah, I'm really excited about what's going to go over August. I have a massive laugh laughing at the press plebs making shit up every day to finish their columns. Um, yeah, bring on bring on pre-season.
2: here, yeah. here, and amen to that. And on a final, final, final point, because I, 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 I've just seen that Sue is in the house in Mixler saying it was my first cup final And bar the result, I was surrounded by some happy Chelsea supporters, had a great day out, Chelsea champions. And I would just like to make the point that I did see you in the Victoria Suge, but we didn't actually get a chance to have a chat, which is a great shame. But how amazing it is to see somebody in my my Wembley pub on the Saturday who lives in Los Angeles, who is now back in Los Angeles and she's in the mix of the chat room tonight. I mean, how about that? I mean, that's what I love about the day. I yeah. you know, saw so, so, so many old friends. Well, new and old friends actually. Luke from Brisbane was there as well, wasn't he? Dan, we had the yeah, Ch- we had guy. the Chelsea Chelsea Israeli supporters group there. Uh, it's just mental. Yeah. That's what I. Can- that's what. I, yeah, I saw Mark in the Victoria with his brother and yeah. his uh, uh, sister in law. Yeah, it's great. So look, Can- but, you know, it's it's thoroughly depressing, but you know, there are better days ahead. I know it. Now, Definitely. listen, you lot out there. Just a quick plug for uh, the Kerry Dixon show. The last of which I will be recording. Uh, sometime this week, I need to rearrange it, actually, because uh, I'm going to the cricket on Thursday as it stands now. Uh, somebody's given me a ticket for the Oval on Thursday. Jolly good show, but I'll, I'll have to uh, rearrange it with the great man. But we will do it because it'll give us an opportunity to not only talk about this, uh, the, the the cup final, but also get Kerry's thoughts uh, in general on the season as a whole, which will be interesting, no doubt. And, of course, when it comes out, you can download it via Acast, iTunes and Soundclart. Now, after the break... Uh we're going to have uh I promised you this last week um and we I, I I'm a man of my word uh and Jonathan's uh on overtime this week because he's got two parts of emails to read out from all over the world uh your last chance to have your say this season we'll be back in a sec. Cheap G- JK In all the years you've been following Chelsea you hardly ever miss a match home or away but how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV. Oh,
0: chich! I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live—it's <laughs> all too much. <laughs> I know,
2: J.K. I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it?
0: Yes. <laughs> well,
2: panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have. Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do. No more tears for you. Oh thank you, thank you, NordVPN.
0: I'm so happy I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jij?
2: Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to NordVPN.com forward slash Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's thirty day money back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box.
3: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Football
2: Welcome back, it's Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast, our last show of the season, which is always a bit of a sad time. Now, as you know, uh, we get emails from you every week, which is an absolute delight. Uh, Jonathan, in particular, loves the fact that they come from all over the world. Um, and, you know, you put the effort in, so we do like to try and read them all out. Sometimes we run out of time, because sometimes we get lots. And I really, you know, in good conscience, try and keep the show to two hours. Because um, we've all got homes and beds to go to. Um, but because we had so many last week, I was determined that we would try and get them through them all this week. So we get the next two parts... Um, we are going to uh, read your emails. And, of course, there is no better person in the universe to read emails out than Mr Jonathan Kidd.
0: Oh, you you, lovely man. Anyway, this is from, um, this is from Bob Bush. Uh, hello, guys. I'm still in shock about the first goal in the final and the newspaper support every day for the decision. I keep looking online for the moment the mood changes, but from Danny more or less to Germaine Penis... From Mark Parsley, (laughs) Graham Pol Pot. All I've seen is support from that stag dude Twonk who missed a handball and overruled his assistant who made the right decision. As TBO said today, Ramsey affected his ability to come and claim the ball and made him take a position that allowed Sanchez to get on the ball. We played shit, but that goal took the early wind out of our sails. We should adopt the Millwall song No One Likes Us. Regarding the John Terry scandal, he leaves the pitch at the time you predicted he would, which I wish I put a bet on it. If Paddy Power is stupid enough to offer odds, then they deserve to lose money, too. Media bias and reinforced views of dislike seem to be aimed at us and not Man City, who had the same money injection. Yeah, absolutely right. I shouldn't moan. Being disliked makes me love us more. But fairness and rules being applied is all we ask for venger stay you will never win the league you're too small-minded and limited chelsea all day all night and through thick and thin bob push well said bob yes. well said
1: yeah here
2: yeah yes but- he kind of uh, echoes really what what you were saying guys i think wasn't he that uh, you know um that uh, Anthony Taylor's you know by, what- by- well, that, yes, but also the <laughs> fact that they scored, scored, took the wind out of our sails, possibly. But there we go. Uh, this is a very interesting email, Jonathan. I'm, I'm, I've been dying to respond to this one, so we're far away.
0: Yes. From Harrison Lego. Hi, all. While the defeat to Arsenal in the final will haunt me, as it will me, I'm in fact more outraged at some of our fans on the final whistle. I must admit, I wasn't at the game, so maybe I don't have the right to criticise our fans for leaving early. However, I know if I was there, I would stay till the end and heap praise on the team who've been superb this season and won 30 Premier League games. To see half of the fans leave when the whistle was blown was poor. What would have been great to see was all the fans stay and sing Champions of England for the next five minutes to drown out any Arsenal celebration. It must have been a right kick in the balls for the team and the manager to see our fans not stick with the time with the time, with the time through the tough times and only stay if we'd won the game. Again, maybe I've no right to complain as I wasn't there, but I do feel we owe a lot, of, lot to this Chelsea team who've been absolute lions out on that field this season. We will come back stronger, up the blues, love the show, keep up the great work, Harrison.
2: I I see. Now, I I think that's an absolutely cracking email, Um, but I'm going to ask you, I mean, it's a shame that we're not round the table, because this is the kind of moment where that's useful. Hands up, verbally, all those who, the minute the final whistle went, got the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, I did.
3: Yeah. I did. I I just can't to see another team. Yeah. Yeah, No, I just want a yes or no.
2: A yes, just a yes or no. Dan, yes. Alex, yes. Yep. Jonathan? No, I
0: didn't. I didn't. I wanted to see if the team were going to come over to us, and they sort of milled about and did it a bit lethargically. What was interesting was that fights broke out where I was at people leaving. Really? Early. Yeah, yeah,
3: I had that as well.
0: Yeah, people. So hang on a
2: minute. Hang on a, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. There were fights breaking out because people were leaving early.
0: People were leaving. People started leaving after the second goal. After their, after Oh, that's. Their goal. Uh- the That's doff. I'm, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm, talk, I'm talking on the f-
0: got really sorry. Say, George. Yeah.
2: No go. Go on. Finish. Finish. What you say?
0: You know, a bloke in front of me got absolutely. They're two of them. Just had a scrap because he said he wasn't being proper Chelsea. He said you can't leave now. He said we might score, and the bloke said, yeah. oh, "I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm off." And they fought. Yeah. And there was really? somebody else. No, I heard there. Were- somebody else being abused for, for leaving with three minutes to go. As well was abused, which I mean, I mm. I, I can understand people. Are, um, but, you know, it's the, the emotion, the passion of the of the game is such that, yes, it is a bit rubbish, isn't it? Leaving they, what they're trying to do. They think what they're thinking is when we're, we're not going to we're not going to win this. We're playing dreadfully. I'd rather I'd rather get back on the tube and not be in the uh, not being like the team. Arsenal fans. Yeah. we like, oh, Yeah, like the Arsenal fans. Yeah, but, but yeah. in this instance, the, the very fact that this bloke was leaving, uh, you know, with about ten minutes to go was was uh, the, you know, this bloke really went for him, which I know once again you understand. And I think it's, well, it's not supporting,
2: with- is it? It's not supporting the team, is it?
0: No.
1: And oh, there people- was a marked lack of support in the team for a lot of the afternoon, actually. Well, well I, don't, a- I don't.
2: know. I don't in- know.
0: As in your blog, as in your blog, Alex, there was a bloke behind me who just spent the whole of the game uh, commentating on how shit we were.
1: Oh no, mine was better. Mine was like, oh, that's why I store a better side. Look at that! Look at that! We can't do it like that. And I was just like, either piss off up the other end, or I'm going to punch you in the face.
2: <laughs> yeah, mm. but I think I think the point. Uh, I mean, actually, the bottom line is this: is that Harrison, I think, makes a spectacularly brilliant point. And let me explain why. I'll be really honest with you. When it, I, I, I never leave a game early unless there's just the most ridiculously extenuating circumstances. I always stay to the final whistle. Um as far as i'm concerned fa cup finals are are a different entity as far as i'm concerned if you lose an fa cup final then you get the hell out of dodge as quick as you can because wembley is not a place for losers it's a place for the uh you know the winners the players and, and their supporters to enjoy that moment. I'm not I'm not one of these, you know, chumly warmer types who thinks you have to sit there and suck up and applaud it. It's not my place to be there, and I get the hell out of Dodge the minute that final whistle goes, which I think a lot of people might be surprised to hear, Harrison particularly, because the number of times we go on about supporting the team and, and, and moan about them not applauding us when we've gone away, but I think that's a very, very different thing. You know, I, I always stick around and applaud the team off when I'm at Stamford Bridge. It's our home. And I always, I mean, you know, way is entirely different and we always do that. But for me, an FA Cup final is a very different entity and it is not a place for a loser. So you, you acknowledge that fact and you get out. That's just my opinion. And it's also the one of all the people that I've gone to, to finals with for the huge amount of finals that I've been. Well, you know, luckily I haven't seen too many where we've lost. But when we've lost, that's exactly what we do. Now, other people might not agree with that. I'd be really curious to hear what you guys say. Dan, you, you have a crack first.
3: Oh, sorry, I completely cut out. Then I was trying to text you to say I can't
2: hear you. <laughs> oh well, I mind. I'll, I'll ask somebody. Don't, I'll, 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 Alex, yeah, Alex, Dan didn't hear. But Dan agrees yeah. with me because I know he does. Anyway, Alex, yeah, what do you 100% think? Right,
3: they 100%. <laughs> I say <laughs>
1: that I agree with you 100%, and do you know what proves what you're saying makes sense? The absolute agony on the face of the losers if they have to trudge up those steps and get those medals that they never ever want to look at again. It's the same for them as it is for us. You don't want to stand there and watch someone else celebrate the trophy that you came so with, close to winning. And also, I had a book to proofread. But That's not the point. You don't. You're right. Yeah. Wembley's a place for winners. Get out of there. Yeah.
2: I mean, I've got Mark. Mark, who, who, I, I, I've got to be honest. Out of all the amazing and and huge amount of Chelsea supporters that I know and love, Mark, Mark's one of my favourites. And and there are very few supporters who are. Uh, as you know, who are as great a supporter as Mark Barfer, and he says, I don't want to see Arsenal celebrate, but I want to say to the players, you, give, you gave it your best with supporters, for fuck's sake. And I understand what you're saying, Mark, but I mean, I give my unmitigated 150% support for the entire match, the 90 minutes. You know, I, I get behind the team, but for me, a final is different. The minute the whistle goes, I'm out. I don't want can to be you say there. as
1: well though that they didn't give it their best I think that was that was why you were seeing so many leave as well well I don't you, know you... I, I
2: think that that's I I don't agree actually Alex I think that that's very subjective we don't know that we're not them I don't think we can well, say we that at least
1: felt like they hadn't turned up we've all said it so did yeah but I don't I don't take
2: umbrage people? i yeah but i i I don't it's not for me it's not an act of petulance that's what I'm trying to explain I am mm. not getting out there in a hissy fit because I'm pissed off with my players It's because I don't feel that I belong there at that moment. And it's a time to get out and leave it to the others, leave it to the winners.
1: But then he's saying that you stay to applaud your team and tell them how well they... Yeah,
2: and and Mark and I, you know, love each other to pieces and he's entitled to that opinion. And that's how I feel. Jonathan, where where do you... I mean, you kind of gave us a clue a minute ago, but go on.
0: Well, I know I stayed for a few minutes to see what the reaction would be initially, whether they'd come across to us. But then... uh... Um, self-preservation took over, and I thought um, mm. I want to get away from the Arsenal fans. I want to get—I don't want to find myself queuing up and in a in a, a carriage with Arsenal fans because I I didn't want to deal with the crowing that would be going on. I didn't, and and then mm. of course I got myself into a nightmare by going in the wrong direction completely um, uh, because the train to uh, Waterloo was too full. So I decided to go on a very oblique route all The way up to Rainer's Lane to get the Piccadilly line back to Hammersmith, and I thought, I've, and I don't know what happened to me. I just thought, I've, I've, it's this is this is like a nightmare. I will be on the train and be surrounded by Arsenal fans any moment now. And I had, of course, I had the whole lot with me. I had two scarves, I had a flag, and my program in a plastic bag, and I looked very and my Chelsea hat. I was looking very nerdy, so um. Mm i just no, it's all right jonathan
2: this is arsenal not tottenham it's only tottenham that pick on shirters i mean mark mark's got a good point i mean and, and i i I, do, I just i'd love to have a pint with him and, and and discuss this properly because you know he makes the point about when we lost to arsenal away at the emirates and people were leaving 15 minutes early and he roasted them for not clapping them off the pitch i think that's entirely different mark this is unique to a final that's all i'm saying and I just, you know, I mean, look, I, I, I wandered out the stairs, you know, applauding, giving it the old above the head stuff. But it's t- for me, it's time to get out. It's not a place to be if you're a loser. Anyway, I think that it's I, I, Harrison. I have to say, well done, mate. What a brilliant, a brilliant uh, subject to come up with this week. Because you know, you, you're not going to get agreement on this from everybody, and I think it's 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 a personal decision for people. But there you go. Right here comes the monster, monster email from Brian uh, Jonathan. Have you girded your loins?
0: <laughs> Yeah, I have just one take there, but I think if this was 1960, mm. of course, um, there, there wouldn't be the presentation of the cup was simpler, and people then just did a tour followed by the losers. The losers and the winners went round together. Yeah, true. And true. so everybody was was there was a kind of you know oh well you know it's all sportsmanship. <laughs> this is a very different world we're in now. So anyway, it's more um,
2: ve- more venomous in a way I think, more tribal in a sense. It yeah. is. It yeah. is. Yeah.
0: Um, mm. It's from Brian Justman. Hello, Chidge and the Chelsea Fancast. I've wanted to write in for some time, but had trouble finding anything interesting that might add to your show. As another season winds down, I just decided I'd write to share my appreciation of the Fancast. As you hear from folks all over the world each week, you well know how much your efforts mean to supporters, especially those of us thousands of miles from England, let alone Stamford Bridge. As an American raised in rural Wisconsin, it was not natural for me to become a Chelsea supporter. I played soccer as a kid, but didn't even know that there was any professional soccer above the indoor game in America until the 1990 World Cup. Around this time, I received a used Commodore 64 as my first ever computer and absolutely fell in love with it. Right around then, a long defunct channel called Sports Channel America was showing Sunday morning League One highlights one morning when, what, did I just see someone wearing a Commodore logo on their shirt? It took a week or two before I discovered the name of this team. I began an interest in Chelsea that was perpetuated throughout the early 90s when an English co-worker of my father began giving him sports pages that were mailed to him from his family left behind in England. From these publications, whose names escape me now, I obtained a centrefold poster of Gavin Peacock that was (laughs) to my bedroom wall until the day I left home. Coincidentally, I was also repulsed by a cover photo of Gary Mabbott's battered face from his clash with John Fashionu. All the while, would you believe, I had no clue where Chelsea was on the map. I recall spending lazy summer days with a map of England going, well, here's Manchester, Liverpool,
2: Birmingham,
0: <laughs> and Leeds. Where the bloody hell is Chelsea? Fast forwarding a bit, excuse my America, fast forwarding a bit, in 1998, a co worker of mine was traveling to London, and I asked him to look for a Chelsea kit. He returned with a kit, Chelsea Magazine, Ed Dehoy on the cover, and we were top of the table at the time of publication, and most importantly, the geographic location of Chelsea. My hotel was right next to the stadium. Having a kit and soon-to-be-outdated Chelsea magazine wasn't enough. I needed to know when they played and the results. Problem was that without internet, I was still using that ancient Commodore. There was zero chance of being able to follow this seemingly elusive club. I missed out on the 1997 Cup triumph because I'd no idea they won the Cup until a brief mention of it in said magazine. Cable television began showing English games around the time I moved to California in 2000, and I was able to watch a replay of our FA Cup final against Villa. But actual news was limited to what the commentators discussed during the match. When my girlfriend and future wife travelled to Europe with a stop in London, I asked her to bring back a shirt with my current favourite player, Roberto Di Matteo, on its back. She did, but at the time I'd no idea he'd previously suffered his career-ending broken leg. Shortly thereafter, Fox Soccer Channel was launched in America. So I was able to watch in real time the last couple of seasons of Zola, Jimmy Floyd and my all time favorite, Dennis Wise. Yes. Of course, then Mr. A brought the club, bought the club and we began making history, not reliving it. And simultaneously, nearly all Chelsea matches were shown on American television. My thirst for knowledge of all things Chelsea brought me to daily visits to the official Chelsea website. Locating the fan-run blogs helped me get through on days when I needed new content not being provided by the official site. I subscribed to the official Chelsea podcast back when it was available and looked forward to the weekly Gavin Peacock show. That went away, and it took Mourinho's first sacking to realise that the Chelsea official site was nothing more than propaganda. Somehow, it happened upon the, I happened upon the debut of a little show called The Podding Shed. I understand that Mr. Glover is going to be a guest on this week's show. That was last people's name. So please allow me a moment to express my gratitude to him for the podding shed. I literally have been a listener since day one and vividly recall the prophecy he made in 2013 that Mourinho would return to Chelsea for a spell before moving on to United.
1: Blimey, I never
0: he really did that. I feared for the show when Kaiser Johnny left. But thank you, Tony, for keeping it afloat. I believe the current cast is better than ever. I don't recall what led me to the fan cast, nor do I recall the first episode to which I listened. It definitely was in the wake of the 2012 Champions League semi-final. I was working at a job where I could keep my headphones on all day long. So I listened to all midweek Chelsea matches through the now defunct Chelsea iPhone app. I had to hide in the restroom on the day when Torres rounded Valdez at the new Camp because my co-workers just would not understand the streaks on my face from tears of joy. I definitely became a devoted listener of the total nutters and proper chaps, <laughs> as, as Cundy would have it, just in time to travel to Munich with you vicariously through your stories of adventures and misadventures. Because of the fancast, I purchased a CPO share during Mr. A's failed land grab, became a voting member in the Chelsea Supporters' Trust, read all of Rick Glanville's, Mark Worrell's, Kelvin Barker's, Walter Ottens and Clayton Beerman's books on Chelsea. And as I type this, downloading the Kindle version of Eddie Mac, Eddie Mac. The fan cast has opened this huge world of Chelsea to many of us overseas supporters who are often left on an island surrounded by United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Real Madrid, Barcelona and disgustingly increasing numbers of Spurs fans. And we're the plastic ones? I guess the point of this long missive is to thank you for doing this, for being a voice on the pod waves, to share with us the ecstasy of Munich and the agony of the Benitez reign, the ecstasy of Mourinho 2415 and the agony of Mourinho Hiddink 2015-16. I will likely never meet any of you, but through listening each week, I consider you all mates who I know consider me and others like me part of the worldwide Chelsea family. Stop that. I know it's not for you, but that's what makes the podcast great and what makes soccer or football or whatever we call it in our respective corners of this world. Great. It's not just about the 90 minutes. It's also about gathering with our mates and talking about the club we love for good or for bad. Thank you from the bottom of my heart and up the shelves. Brian Justman, Sacramento, California, USA.
2: Blinded. Wow, wow. That was um, that has got to be the best advert for the Chelsea fan cast I've ever heard. What an amazing email, JK.
0: Oh, brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. The uh, And I love the, the, the evolution of his supporting...
2: All the room.
1: defunct things are funny. All the stuff that's gone away.
2: Well, there's a good question, Alex. I mean, who remembers the Gavin Peacock uh, Chelsea sermon? Sorry, podcast.
1: Remember that? <laughs> his wow. comment about the clowns being propaganda when he realised this as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't, I, I don't, I, I'm really speechless, uh, Brian, apart from to say thank you so much from all of us. I mean, what more can you add to that? I mean, I'm just so I'm just so pleased that we have clearly touched a nerve for you, and it really humbles me that that we've done that. And uh, wow, I just thank you, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. You're getting he's getting love on Mixler, by the way. I should read a few of these out. Jonathan, Andy Silverman says one of the best emails ever, absolutely brilliant. Please take a bow. And Bob O'Reilly just simply says, "Fucking brilliant email," and I think he nails it with that. Oh, there you go. So, I've got um, something
1: in common with him with the repulsed by Gary Mabbott thing. That's like my earliest football domestic memory is the FA Cup final in 91 between Spurs and Forest. And my dad, who hated football, caught me jumping up and down on a pro set card of Gary Mabbott's face and said, you're being a hooligan. This is why you don't watch <laughs> football. And I said, "And I think my response was, if you watch, you'd understand. It's Spurs. And I think I was <laughs> yeah. six. It was about six, I think. Actually, so, yeah. I'm amazed
2: he didn't say to you, You're being a hooligan. Is that why you support Chelsea? To be honest, but you know, <laughs> hey ho, right? Um, we've got a few plugaroonies to do, which we normally do at this stage of the show, and uh, and then uh, in part four, we've got more of your emails coming up. There's some crackers as well, but very, very quickly, um, my weekly plug for the Chelsea supporters trust, and uh, I'm bound to say, Be like Brian, become a voting member. Uh, it's only 5 quid, uh, and, of course, uh, you get to vote. Uh, there will be, of course, the annual elections coming up in August, around the beginning of the season, uh, kicked off by the AGM, which will be on the first uh, weekend of the season. Uh, so if you want to vote in those, uh, then you need to be a voting member. And that's easy to do. You pay 5 quid, and you can sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com. Uh, and talking of which, um, well, if you are a member... Um, whether you're non-voting or voting the membership survey the annual survey should have dropped into your email box uh last week i believe so get on it and fill that in it's absolutely massively vital that you do because I a- mine in. well done jonathan i've filled mine in uh, it's really important because it means that you know a the board can take on board what you are saying in your responses which kind of forms our policy and our motions for the next year ahead And secondly, we present that to the club in full. I mean, the whole lot, unedited. We give it to them, you know, absolutely straight uh, in the meeting that we usually have with them when it comes out, kind of end of August, beginning of September. So please, 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 if you've received it, do fill it in. It's quite a biggie. I mean, there's 40-odd questions, and it takes a good 20 minutes to fill in. But honestly, it's worth, it's really important to us, and it's kind of one of the reasons why, uh, you know, we do what we do, because we get to hear what you have to say. So there we go. The other thing is... In line with what we said a while ago, um, we're moving our membership renewals to to the to the first of June, so that everybody renews on the same day, unless, of course, you're already paying a kind of a a repeat subscription on PayPal, in which case you kind of leave that as it is. But if you're not doing that, if you pay another way. Uh, A, do a kind of repeatable subscription via PayPal, but other than that, everybody will now renew on the 1st of June, and you'll be getting some notice about that, uh, hopefully this week, just to remind you. Um... Brian, of course, also mentioned that he'd bought a CPO share because he listened to this show, which is great advice again. So if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim, of course, is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge forever. So in order to do that, you need to pay around 100 quid, and you can email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners. And you can follow them uh, at Pitch Owners. They also allow you to buy a share in instalments. So if you haven't got a spare 100 quid around, you can do it kind of monthly. So it's a very good way to do it. Now, it's uh, end of the season, which can mean only one thing, that there'll be lots of books coming out. And the first one is from a little friend of ours who happens to be on the show. You've got your book coming out, haven't you, Alex?
1: I have at the end of the week, which is massively exciting. So it's all the blogs from the season, but then there's some retrospective articles in there. There's one about Conte. There's some player reviews. And there is a my top 10 moments, where I think I might raise it to 12, that define our season. And a Premier League review as well, where I'll just make fun of everybody we don't like.
2: Lovely. So there'll be added bits then. Yes, special yes. Adds
1: six new articles, and you'll have all of the blogs in one place.
2: And where do we get this fantastic book from?
1: It'll be on Amazon. So there's an ebook version, and they'll be doing a paperback version as well. So, but I'll put a link out on the Twitter account anyway as soon as it goes live. Um, because okay. as Marco keeps pointing out, for some stupid effing reason, um, Meza Ozil has been top of the Chelsea chart on Amazon for months now, and we need to get his. Bogeyed face out the way. Mark said he was above him for a few weeks. His book comes out on the 13th of June as well, about Antonio Conte. And we need to get this Arsenal twonk off of the Chelsea listings. Why? Why, why, he, why is he on the Chelsea listings? Uh, do you know, having dealing with them for the other books, Amazon are just dicks. They don't even check with the publisher about what's going on. They had my book for sale in April when it was never even going to be handed in to May. They they try and get on people's catalogues and things so quickly that they don't actually update and put the correct information on which is why sometimes when you order something on Amazon and you think that's the day I'm going to get that book it can be like another six weeks because actually they never asked the publisher if that date was accurate or if it was a holding date and it, they must have done something but some twat has listed it under the Chelsea category and no one at Amazon cares.
2: Okay right now the other thing is you've got a sponsor walk coming in coming up in November so give that a quick plug.
1: Yes, we're walking from the Dead Sea to Petra. It takes eight days across the desert in Jordan, and it's for Veterans in Action, which is that charity that's often outside Stamford Bridge. Um, I'm putting a link in the chat room now, but if you could sponsor us, it would be much appreciated.
2: For those of you who are in Mixler, the uh, link to Alex's sponsored walk is in Mixler now, and if she puts it on the Chelsea Fancast Twitter page, i will retweet it how does that sound or
1: you can search the blue trekkers on virgin giving because we don't Hopefully. use just giving because they take people's money and virgin give that's everything true. to your cause so
2: they do indeed although their site's mm. crap because i had to do something like that this week but that's another story mm. right talking of talking of books uh, as alex said marco our great friend mark worrell uh, has got a book coming out uh, which goes into the granular detail of this season and it is called, quite appropriately, The Italian Job. So no doubt that will be out soon. Best place to go, go and get that, no doubt, will be Amazon. 13th of June, he said. Thank you. 13th of June. But that'll be out uh, on Amazon and, of course, gate17.co.uk, which is where all of Mark's books can be found. And, of course, uh, a timely reminder that the Eddie Mack, Eddie Mack book is out, which we, we talked a lot about over the last few weeks. Uh, I haven't started reading it yet, um, but I've got my signed Eddie Mack copy, which I'm treasuring. Um, but you can get that, uh, again, from gate17.co.uk. And I i, I mean, I, I haven't read it yet, as, as I freely admit, but I'm being told by those that have that it is just absolutely blinding, so get on that. Uh, and talking of books, um, our great friend Tim Rolls has still got his crowdfunding campaign so that we can get Tim's book published, and it is going to be called Diamond's Uh, dynamos and devils and it's due out in autumn 2017 again on gate 17 books um but you'll get nowhere if you do not go and pledge that you will buy this book uh and you have to do it soon Uh, forgive me i can't remember when um the end date for that campaign is but i suspect it's quite soon so if you haven't pledged yet uh and it's about 25 quid if you're in the uk 30 quid 35 quid if you're overseas but uh you need to go to kickstarter.com forward slash projects forward slash tim rolls forward slash diamonds hyphen dynamos hyphen and hyphen devils um but please do that because i mean i know how long tim's been working on this and it's going to be a fantastic book um jonathan i know can't wait for that because he remembers that it very well uh so please go and pledge sorry sorry jonathan
0: no i just agreed with you Just said absolutely
2: yeah yeah so anyway get in get in there and pledge Uh, to buy Tim's book and we can get it published with pickies and things which would be great Um, okie doke Uh, we are going to go to a very very quick break and after that we've got more of your fantastic emails uh, for the last time this season it makes me a bit sad but anyway part 4 coming up Real Fans Real Opinions
3: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football
2: Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge, uh, and you are listening to the last part of the final show of the Chelsea Fancast season. I feel like sad, funereal music is playing in my head as I say that. Uh, But it's been great fun, as always. Uh, And to round it off, what better way to round it off than a few more emails from our mates, Jonathan?
0: Fantastic. Here's one from uh, Dan Lundberg underscore.
2: Uh, Well done.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Fancast crew, thanks for all you do for the Chelsea community, both domestically and internationally. Something about this year's title seems extra sweet compared to those in recent memory. I chalk it up to the charm of Conte, and the fitting send off for John Terry. My question for you is this, what are some popular songs and who are, some, who are some music artists that have Chelsea ties? Either members of bands who support Chelsea or songs that you would call classics during the eighties and so on. I know the usuals like the Liquidator, One Step Beyond, but what other songs or artists stand out to you as being Chelsea? See you all this autumn And enjoy your summer off.
2: Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, uh, can I just spend a little time talking about it? Then can I throw it open to you after that? But, I mean, I I know for a fact that Joe Strummer was a massive uh, Chelsea fan, used to go. So the Clash have a great affinity, or we, you know, There's an affinity there. Uh, Depeche Mode, of course. Uh, A couple of them are are big, big Chelsea fans and still go. And we've got a mate uh, who's quite often, actually, in the Mixler chat room who is mates with them and knows this for a fact. Damon Albarn, of course, from Blur. He still goes. I've seen him around the ground a fair bit. Um, There are loads and loads and loads and loads and loads. But the one that I can think of most um, is the Members, actually, who were a punk band that I used to love years and years ago. They're still kicking around. Um, they're big Chelsea fans to the extent that they released a song a couple of years ago all about Chelsea. It's really hard to find. If you just kind of Google the members stroke Chelsea, you may come across it or I'll try and find a link. But yeah, that's right. John's John's piping in with uh, uh, Sounds of the Suburbs on uh, on Mixler. But this is actually a new song they've written recently. Uh, which is all about Chelsea, so it's like a kind of a Chelsea song. So I'll try and find a, a link to that or something. But there's there's loads and loads, isn't there, Jonathan? I mean, there's, yeah. the, we we've always been blessed with uh, you know Seb Fontaine. There's another one. He's a big Chelsea fan. Paul Oakenfold, is, I think, is if you're talking about newer people. But there's loads, okay. Jonathan. Yes. You've got the Sex Pistols. Well, drama. yeah. He, he, Steve, yeah, absolutely. Steve Cook, who I, I, I danced yep. with when we won the league in two thousand and five in the Imperial Pub, and then weirdly met again when we won it in two thousand so and fifteen. So there we go.
1: As well, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Steve, Jones, Al- the,
2: no. Steve Jones, the Steve Jones, the Sex Pistols guitarist, still a big Chelsea fan out in LA. Anyway, Jonathan, you've got a few other mentions, I presume.
0: Um uh, well uh, my, my own song of course, Chelsea Blue. <laughs> look at. Sorry to sorry to give myself a plug here. But, you are uh, shameless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's on my website, jonathankid.com J O N A T H A N K Y Double And if you look at projects, the song comes up as well as a couple of shorts that I've made. So please have a listen to that. I was um we're wearing the it's the first year that Adidas were involved, so we were wearing those shirts, and it's, um, I think it's 2008 that, uh, that I made that. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, going, going further back to the, uh, to the 60s, um, there weren't really many songs associated with the club, so when the club actually made uh, Blue Is The Colour, it was an enormous, um, it was, it was an, an original moment. It was, a, it was, um, it was something really new. And then everybody just embraced that song and everybody else then had a go at doing their their songs. And I know that we there had been I think there's one of the first, wasn't it? The Chelsea song. And it was it was a top 10 hit, of course, I think. But then the the uh, the uh, the the whole process of doing it also got a bit. People got fed up with them all. And I think what was it? The uh, Ozzy Idealist song was, I think, the last one ever, practically in the uh, in the 80s um, for Spurs. Sorry to mention them but um no before that it was uh you know the 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 whole process of chant Chants was so much more uh, um anodyne and uh, and friendly and uh um it slowly but surely everybody got more associated with it you know and, uh, all the songs took off um i'm trying to think of any other artists associated with it that came my dad used to be you get the odd um when my dad sat in the east stand you get the odd uh, um you know, like, uh, one of the Beatles would appear for a couple of games or something, but I don't think they were Chelsea fans. They're obviously their Liverpool fans. But, well,
2: uh, I mean, Bob Bob Ouseley from the states, Jonathan. This is I forgot this, and he's absolutely spot on. But the band Kiss are apparently Chelsea supporters. Who knew? Uh, Brian Adams is yeah. Brian Adams is apparently a Chelsea fan. And remember remember that bloke who did nineteen Paul Hartcastle. That's the one, Dan. He he's a Chelsea yeah. fan as well. There's a lot of musos who who. There's a website you can find, I think, with all of this on there. Actually, Dan, tweet me and I'll yeah. find you the link to it. Dan, have you got any suggestions? Have you um, done them all? Sh-
3: yeah, the guy from the Shaman, Mr
2: C, Chelsea fan. I Mr think. C, yeah, he is. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, yeah,
3: Nick, I actually found the website now. Actually, I just found it. Have you? It's quite have a you? List. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's apparently Madonna. Apparently. Yeah, Paul Cook right. from Sex Pistols, Steve Jones, Sex Paul Pistols, Cook. Jimmy Page, uh, John Taylor from Duran Duran, Alan McGee, Head of Creation Records, uh, Depeche Mode, Lloyd Cole, Billy Idol, Nick Kershaw, Buster Rhymes. Uh, well, oh,
1: Buster Rhymes, is he not? know it's Snoop Dogg that turns up in a different yeah. shirt like every season and plays uh, he supports everyone.
3: Everything, everything but the girl. Um, someone from the Undertones. uh Trevor Nelson, Jeff Young, the DJ, oh, Of course, Trevor Nelson and Jeff yeah.
2: Young. I mean, you, you used to do the podcast, the, the Chelsea with Jeff Young, didn't you, Jonathan?
0: Yeah, frequently,
2: yeah, yeah. Sweet man, lovely. Yeah, yeah. So there's loads there. i tell you who else is a Chelsea fan, weirdly. I mean, this is, yeah, exactly. How bizarre. I happened to look across the page and Shedden Seattle was reading my mind, but... Uh, I've heard him on Talk Sport, like the ridiculously late show they do overnight, Steve Lillywhite, who's arguably one of the greatest uh, producers of, of my kind of era of music there was. Uh, and uh, I saw Alan Mate's score says, Weller was a boyhood fan. I've I would, I, i I've heard that Weller's a fan as well. So there you go. Anyway, we could go on all night doing this. Maybe we should just do a, a Chelsea fan cast goes pop show, maybe over the summer, and we could just talk about There's music. There's a really would-
1: good Madness song about them. Uh, taping an album in 2012 Bush has told me this and it was the night of the Napoli game so we were behind weren't we and they were taping this new album and every time they stopped to sort of set things up and start again him and is it Woody the drummer would bugger off yeah, upstairs yeah. to look at the screen he said it took yeah. them twice as long <laughs> as it should have done because they were too busy keeping one eye on the Napoli game and getting all excited between the two of them yeah. So. Yeah.
2: well I quite often see Woody at the CFC CFCEK stall so mad madness are yeah. our band there's no doubt about that. Madness yeah. are our band. So and the fans anyway, should...
1: for the millennials, the fan zone DJ was um, one of the kids from JLS at the weekend, and he was picked because he's a Chelsea fan to do that at the weekend. Oh well,
2: it was it, it was, was a... all going very well. It was all going very well until then, Alex. Uh, Jonathan, I name next... you one of their
1: songs. But yeah. I, took,
2: um, <laughs> I don't want I to know. My... Jonathan, next email.
0: Very <laughs> quickly, I took um, Mike Canaris to the game.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. And
0: Mike Canaris yeah. wrote. Um, uh, Blue Day and Blue Tomorrow. And w-
2: I- yeah, yeah. I, I met him once it, in a pub. It,
0: Go on. It wasn't Suggs It wasn't Sugs who wrote those songs.
2: No, he sang fact, it.
0: He just sang it. And the second one wasn't. He wasn't involved. He didn't want to be associated with uh, only doing Chelsea songs. So it's a guy called Sam Blewitt sang it. Who unfortunately is a Newcastle fan. But, and of uh, course, we I'm should. We, actually, we should. I'm actually singing, Chidge. On um, you are. I've told on, me this. Yeah. Day. I've told you this. Yeah, yeah. I'm singing you, 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 Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. We should, Chelsea. of course.
2: We should, of course, mention uh, the infamous Billy Bluebeat, uh, who is also known as the Blue Blagger, who is also known as the owner of CFC UK, who's done a few Chelsea songs. Actually, yes, you can find yes, them on please. iTunes. Weirdly. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> come on, let's do this other email because we're, we're waffling on and we've got loads to get Phil through. Film
0: Monday. This is from Film Monday. Dear Chidge and the team, thanks again for all the hard work putting the podcast out again this season. And despite yesterday, obviously this is written on Sunday, what a season. Yet again, my contribution this week is too long. It's a last blast at some of the many critics of JT, but I've got carried away. Mention Matthew Syed and Danny Baker and rant mode beckons every time. I don't expect it to be read out. The listeners and JK will die of boredom. (laughs) I've included it as an attachment in case you want to read it, as it does contain some salient points. You'll be glad to know it's nowhere near as long as the last attachment I sent you, but I'm sure you may want to give it a swerve anyway at the end of a long season. Enjoy the summer, especially the cricket, but please keep up the good work next season. My wintry Monday nights rely on you. Phil. So have we got that attachment?
2: no we haven't because it it was it was wonderfully long as phil said what i'm going to do phil um like phil also sent in a a bit of writing really which is a a huge like 15 16 pages long and i'm going to kind of put that into a blog over the summer because it's just phil kind of going back over his career watching chelsea it's just absolutely fantastic uh and this is is another really brilliant diatribe on the whole john terry thing so what i'll do with your permission phil is i'll put it up as a blog on on the website and do it some justice there
0: Good stuff. Next one. Yeah, baby. This is
2: great. This is a cracker. Uh, Buckle in, people. This is a long one.
0: This is from Dane Whittle. Hello, Chidge and the boys. And if she's on, the girl who likes balls.
2: Woo!
0: (laughs) First and foremost, thank you, Chidge, for everything you do, from the wonderful podcast to the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Whilst I know that a man in your position needs a good team behind him, you clearly are the glue. Ooh. The work and effort you put, put in is clear for everyone to see and is very much appreciated. To me, you are up there with any player, and I hope you realise all listeners adore you. But I, it,
2: before, before you carry on, Jonathan, I just want to reiterate that I did not write this. This is actually genuinely <laughs> from somebody out there.
0: I'll just repeat this line because there was a bit of noise in the background there. To me, my you are up there with any player, and I hope that you realise all listeners adore oh, you. I'm touched. There's a bit of noise there, chich I'll just repeat that again. No, I no, enough, <laughs> move on. We got it, we got it, we got, we got it. All listeners adore <laughs> Shut you. Shut up. <laughs> I love the relationship you have with each and every guest. Mentioning the guests, what a massive contribution each and every one give to each episode which makes every week you post such a joy. The podcast also helps the average fan like me get through the beginning of the week. I, like so many others, religiously listen to everything you post like my life depends on it. But I have to, and embarrassingly, admit this has not always been the case. And I'm very late to the wonderful world of podcasts. I'll explain later. I think your emails traditionally start with where it all began so here goes being born in St Stephen's Hospital Chelsea and bred around Fulham Broadway I was always going to be a blue even though I was once nearly swayed to Man United as my friend's uncle was Frank Stapleton my school was just off North End Road and I lived on Barclay Road about five minutes from the ground My first memory of Chelsea was the early 80s. My mum had to go into hospital for an operation, and to ease my worry, she gave my nan money to go and buy me the Chelsea home kit. It was 1982. Looking back, it was a pleasure being brought up in the 80s, and it was a great decade to support Chelsea. Maybe not trophy-wise, but lots of great memories. In the early part of the 80s, before I'd attended any games, me and my friends would regularly sneak in on non-match days, ...and roam around the stadium. (laughs) We would even take a ball with us. But it never (laughs) lasted long... ...as we'd always get chased out. I remember one time a home game was called off... ...because of snow. I'm sure it was Aston Villa. And we got in and were having a snow fight... ...on the pitch. In those days, us rascals would get away with murder... ...due to the twinkle in our eyes... ...and our deeply innocent chat. Talking of eyes, they were truly awoken... ...when experiencing my first Chelsea home games... ...in early 1985... I'd already been to my first game in August of 84, but that was an away game at Highbury. Wow. Not a bad first game. But I had to wait another six months to experience Stamford Bridge and unfortunately, two defeats. A 2-3 loss to Millwall in the FA Cup. Then a couple of weeks later, losing to Sunderland in the League Cup semi-final second leg. Again, 2-3. Wow. I saw both those games as well. God, that damaged you. <laughs> both games affected by crowd trouble inside and outside the ground. And although being pushed to the ground and sworn at by Sunderland supporters, very brave, as I was only eight, it did not put me off. To me, it was just something that used to happen regularly. To me, it was the sign of the times and everyone was always getting in scraps. Unfortunately, although the Chelsea bug hit me, I was living in a single parent family and my mum couldn't afford it. Undeterred, my friends and I still found ways of watching our Chelsea. Whether it was again finding a way to get in or going to the top of the nearest block of flats... Walsingham Mansions was the nearest and had a good view of almost three quarters of the pitch and watching it there. I even had a way of getting programmes without buying them. I would stand by Eelbrook Common just after full time and would say to Chelsea fans who'd been to the game, excuse me, mister, can I please have your programme? My mum gave me money to go to the game, but I lost it. If I go home without a programme, she'll think I wasted. I think I wasted or lost the money and kill me. It always worked. Brilliant. Jumping forward, I did not become a regular at home until halfway through the 1987-88 season. Although I did have the odd game that I was very lucky, my best friend's dad took me and him to to in between. The aforementioned famous away game at Arsenal that finished 1-1. The full members' cup cup win against Man City at Wembley and a memorable 1-0 win at Old Trafford thanks to two penalties saved by Tony Godden, spring to mind. I've tried to erase the memory of the 6-0 defeat to QPR, but it's stuck in there, yes, as it is with me. After that fateful 1987-88 playoff relegating season, I didn't look back. I was regularly going to home and away matches in the following 1988-89 Division 2 championship winning season, which still might be my, my most favourite. It was from then on, that it was for me, and, that it was for me and my life. Eventually becoming a season ticket holder, it was a relationship that has not broken. Nearly though, and very heavily tested, but not broken. Especially after some of those early defeats. I remember a three-game losing streak where we lost to Wimbledon 5-2, then QPR 4-2, then Liverpool again 5-2. And the following season, going up to Forest to see us lose 7-0. Times like that like that make the recent years and achievements so fulfilling. I went from shed boy to the benches, back to the shed to being a season ticket holder in Matthew Harding. Then as the years came along with marriage and children, I transferred my season ticket to the family section with my own versions of the next generation. I've seen some lows, but man, I'm enjoying the highs we've all witnessed in recent years under the Roman era I will leave the criticisms and the jealousy to the rivals because it's the last thing on my mind while celebrating and witnessing league league and cup wins that has included me dancing around Munich and swaying around Amsterdam. Stepping sideways for a paragraph, I remember a previous email you received. I think it was stating unusual places you might have bumped into Chelsea players. Well, I have a few, but also a few that can't be read out, but that's for another day. Cundy buying a few friends and I a couple of cans of Coke on the King's Road. Another time, I was lying on a treatment table at Luton Town, and the physio said to me, Are you okay? As your body feels very cold. I said, Yeah, I'm fine. It's just my my boyhood hero has just walked in. Kerry Dixon had appeared. Mickey Droy kicking me up in the air during training at Kingstonian after I nutmegged him, but coming respectfully down. A more sombre one speaking to Frank Leberth the morning after the cup loss to Bolton that was followed by the terrible events of that fatal helicopter crash. I soon realised that Frank had no idea Matthew Harding had unfortunately died, and the first he'd heard about it was from me. Jumping forward again, and to recent times and last season, and to how I found podcasts. It was just before Jose was sacked, and I was struggling with what was going on before my eyes. I wanted answers, I wanted advice, I wanted other opinions, I wanted anything just to share my grief with, going to the games clearly was not enough so I gave in and searched out some Chelsea podcasts I'd never shown any interest in podcasts but to be fair I'd no real knowledge about them, I presume they were just full of know-all-nothings and in my stubborn arrogant opinion I was a know-it-all and how could a podcast help me or tell me anything I did not already know however to my surprise I found a few but after a few listens it was obvious the ones that clearly stood out, head and shoulders above the rest I soon realised how wrong I was about podcasts and the hosts and the guests were just like me. Proper fans, supporters, all with one love. Our Chelsea. How the fuck did I get through all those years without listening? To be honest, I do see other podcasts on the side. Those London London is blue boys, as you know, are dedicated, knowledgeable and very likeable. But I would be lost without my first discovery, you guys. What this email comes down to me it on to is me wanting to show my appreciation by buying you and the guys a drink as you've made life and dealing with results so much more manageable the plan was to tweet you and find out where you'd be drinking on sunday come and meet you and have a few drinks unfortunately my plans changed and my time at the bridge on sunday has now been cut short and being stuck with two young teenagers hasn't helped so that leaves me in a position i was in recently when the london in blues guy london is blue guys were in town and you were all meeting up in the Atlas pub. I was desperate to come and meet everyone, and even more regretful when I saw the turnout. But unfortunately, I myself had just got back from a family holiday to the States, so it didn't work out. I contacted Nick, explained how I would have loved to have met them, and although I couldn't, I still wanted to buy them a drink. I arranged through the pub to buy them a few drinks, and that's the option I wanted to take with you guys. No pride. No, it's fine. No stubbornness. Just the name of the pub you'll be drinking in. Luckily, a little birdie told me about the Buy the Boys a Beer tab on your website. So I instantly put it in the kitty through PayPal. I hope I didn't go on too much. I can't see the size of your regular email, so I can't tell. It does feel a bit long, which is funny, considering I could have put down so much more. Anyway, and back to you. You guys are the best. All led from the top, which is you Chidge. And I like so man, I like I, like so many others, feel indebted to you and all your hard work. So have a few drinks on me and toast yourselves for everything you do to bring us all together. And most importantly, making strangers feel like a family. That's why you and we are champions up the Chelsea. Cheers, Dane. P.S. Does everyone reread their email through with J.K.'s voice in their
2: head? <laughs> <laughs> oh, quality. Oh, Jonathan, what can you say, Jonathan? What can you say oh. after hearing an email like that?
0: Well, it's his life, isn't it? It's his life as a Chelsea fan. It's fantastic. its uh, I love the fact that he's, he's written it all out. It's great, isn't it? And so many of the. What I, also, what I love is the fact that there are so many of those memories that that we've got as well, which <laughs> yeah. is just so lovely, isn't it? You find yourself you've got so much in common with somebody yeah. that has just sent you a mail. It's wonderful, okay. but that because I remember that those three defeats he's mentioned there: two, three to Millwall, I was there. Um, Sunderland the League Cup semi-final, yeah, I was there, um, uh, and the crowd trouble. I remember all of that. Um, all of these things that you you've been through, and then the other. The other three in a row stuff, you know, you just go, yeah, God, we're all we're all experiencing the same emotion, you know. And you think it's just mm. yourself. Like, How oh, what am I going to do? And then there we are. We're all doing it, you know. So it's yeah. uh, great, great to have it expressed. I, I,
2: th- I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Jonathan, actually, and I think that's the lovely thing about, you know, we do this show because we love doing this show, and I know I know a lot of people love it too, and, and, and that's kind of what makes it worthwhile. But actually, we've been so lucky that we've got to know uh, a lot of people um you know from all over the place all over the world really and 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 actually we're all completely different we all come from different walks of life and everything but actually we're all united by one thing and that is a huge passion for chelsea and a love of of, of the club and everything about it and and that kind of spread you know it's it's you know it's weird isn't it because i often think about this you know i i am more forgiving of of chelsea friends than I am of any other humans, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know what I mean. It, it, it's that bond that's created, and it, it doesn't. You know, uh, quite often we go around being quite judgmental about life, the universe, and everything. But when it comes to Chelsea people, I just, you know, you're Chelsea. I don't care. It's as simple as that. And I think that 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 email really epitomises that. I should also say, um, not just to Dane. Dane was ridiculously, unbelievably, fantastically generous with. with he donated some money into the buy the boys a beer uh, tab, but uh, many other people have done throughout the season, so it's it's a fantastic opportunity for me to say um, thank you very, very, very much. It's all unnecessary. You don't, you know, the, the, nobody's ever under any obligation to do so, but if you feel that you wish to to do that, then obviously I'm going to just say thank you. It's very kind of you. Um, Where's the mention of got... the gin, though? Yeah, but buy the, buy the girl a gin. We need to do it. A... Yeah, but we... <laughs> what you may or may not know, if you go onto our website, Alex on yeah. uh, on on the second i don't know where it is it's on there somewhere there's a little kind of audio clip and a paypal account button and it says buy the boys a beer and if you play it it says buy the boys a beer buy the boys a beer if you don't buy the boys a beer we'll slap you around the ear oi which is all sung by me and Stu and Cheltal and martin many many You're years so ago cool. and we used to sing it on the show every week and uh, <laughs> and lost listeners as a result i remember one somebody wrote a really shitty review on iTunes, absolutely eviscerating me and the show and saying how awful and a bunch of plastics we were and the fact that we would beg people for beer. I don't think he got the point somehow. <laughs> um, anyway, you got anything got, got anything to add to that wonderful email, Alex?
1: Oh, it's brilliant. It's because obviously I'm like, not because I'm younger than you lot, I don't you know about that. So hearing somebody talk about all that, that was brilliant, that was, because that's all stuff that I never got to experience. And yeah. also it just makes makes you realise just how ungrateful some people are. Like those Arsenal fans, are oh, the least they could do winning us a trophy. And you just think, oh, all the years that you can go through, like my friend's dad he is—he was a total glory hunter he went to his first game in 1956 because we'd just won the league <laughs> and he had to wait half a century to see us yeah. win the league again, and he still yeah. goes every game, he was with yeah. us at Wembley, I call him dad as well now, and yes yeah, you're right, you have a whole nother family, and I think I said it about David Louise, but it could be about anyone, it's kind of, because you all support the same football team, you know you're not going anywhere you know you've got to look these people in the face even if you don't love them to bits, week in, week out so with some people it's just like a family so I've like David Luiz is like that crazy uncle that the kids love but that you're always worried about how he's going to embarrass you but you love him because he's family and that's the true of all the fans as well it's a yeah. it's an odd relationship but um I love I think
2: it. yeah I agree with you there I always feel like that, that that we've created a community but another word for that um you know we've got a family here and it's, it's what well, yeah. it's very special isn't it Dan
3: yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, I, you, know, I love, you know, the fans, the, the ex-players. It's wonderful. I mean, I was remember those back-to-back defeats. He was talking about Liverpool, Wimbledon. So yeah, it, was, it struck a chord, and they're fantastic emo. And it's it's great to hear people's Chelsea history. It's you know, it's a privilege to be part of it all.
2: Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, as I said, we've, I've been doing the show for nine years, and every every year I get more and more and more humbled by what people say about us, and the the fact that they like it and listen. It just blows my mind. Has done for nine years, and it will hopefully continue to do so for a long time. Uh, I am, I truly am humbled by it. We do it because we love doing it, and the fact that you love it is just a, uh, you know, it just makes it even I see. better. Uh, Right, uh, last we're going to say, you know, I, I, I hesitate to say we'll say the best to last, because how how on earth can you follow that email? But uh, I promised the lovely John Chips Chiverton, who, is, who has been in Mixler all night, I hope he's still in here, uh, I promised him many weeks ago that we would read this email out on our last show of the season, because it seems very apposite, does it not, Jonathan?
0: Yes, very appropriate. Uh, this is John Chiverton. Good evening, Chidge and Chums. My email has nothing to do with Chelsea or football directly. Oh. But more to ask you all, what or which sport you all follow in the summer break. Me personally, I turn into a proper petrol head and follow MotoGP in the support races, all really competitive and get my goat. The four-wheel version is sadly lacking in any kind of competitiveness. And I've seen more excitement in a funeral cortege. So, what sport is it? A glass of pims at Wimbledon, a straw boater at Henley, or a lazy summer day watching cricket? I wish football was 365
2: days
0: a year. <laughs> <laughs> kind <Yeah>. regards, <laughs> up the Chels, Chips. Jonathan, you first. Well, I play cricket, Chips. Yes. I watch cricket, but I play. I play for the Stage Cricket Club, which is, uh, there aren't many loveys There are a few loveys in it. And uh, the Gaieties Cricket Club, which uh, um, similarly was founded by uh, um, Larry Lapino Lane and was Harold Pinter's team. And I play for them occasionally as well. And uh, uh, my problem is, is that um, uh, I get completely knackered because I'm very old. But um, it's uh, very good fun. I got a catch on Sunday and it uh, was about to go and back and it started raining. So... Uh, but uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. Hope to get a few runs this season. I keep wicket. I've Got a nice stumping the other day. So, uh, yeah, I'll be at Lord's. Chidge and I will be seeing each other at Lord's. Oh, Chidge, I've given it a We will. All will. Well, it's that's all right. Don't worry.
2: Do. don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I do other Chidge, things too, but don't worry. Right. Yeah. Um, Alex, what about you, my love?
1: Tennis. I have like a sideline betting on it, actually. I only got into it because it's like it's the easiest thing to bet on because there's no draw. So you've only got two options instead of three. And they give you your money back if someone drops out, like regardless of how late. And then I actually really got into tennis. And um, so I had 48, less than 48 hours before, well, no less than 24 hours. It started the day after the cup final, the French Open. And then we've got Wimbledon. And then just as we get that awful international break we always get at the beginning of September, the US Open starts, so it, it plugs the gaps.
2: Mm, stops me going
1: insane. Stops me talking Good. to the what cat. What do you mean?
2: What, what do you mean? Stops you going insane and talking to the cat? You do that anyway.
1: <laughs> Not as much as I might do. Mrs. Stops Slocum me from being dragged to uh, IKEA so much as well.
2: Indeed. All right, Dan. What about you, mate?
3: Um, pretty much cricket. That's it. You know, the, the odd game of cricket. Other that, or gardening. That's a sport. So. Gardening.
2: Gardening.
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, Dan, I never knew. Mrs. Slocum. Shit. You've got to give him some crap for that.
3: Yeah. Percy Thrower, we're going to call him. No, no. Who's Charlie. the
2: garden? Alan Titchmarsh. Alan Titchmarsh, we'll call him from now on.
3: Or Charlie Dimmock. Don't mind. Charlie
2: Dimmock. That's isn't Monty, that Ray parlor sure.
1: You've got much better boobs, Monty Dan.
2: Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> well, Dan, I never I knew. I have mind. to be honest. I have to be honest, Dan. I, I since I've moved back to Winchester and I have a garden again, I do. I do like a bit of gardening myself. Um, clearly, I don't do the hard work myself. I employ people to do that. Uh, but I I like enjoying it, and I and I I, exactly. I bought my miss I bought my misses um for her her birthday last year a great big fire pit and a, and a bench with the uh, um you know Sarah Sarah Sarah's. Bench 50 not out because it was her 50th so I quite like sitting in in there over a fire pit uh quite late at night just chilling out and you know having a glass or a bottle of wine or three so I do like that so I'm not taking the piss I'm actually agreeing with you um as Jonathan's already indicated and as a lot of people will already know I I do love I love my cricket and uh very I mean I should really put this in context because you know dad and I never did the football thing really I mean he tried but uh he took me to Portsmouth and therefore failed uh, he redeemed himself by by taking me to Stamford bridge in nineteen seventy six and the rest, as they say, is history but uh he never really did the football thing with me um but he did do the cricket thing and Dad and I have been going to the cricket together all oh, since about nineteen seventy eight uh and we now have uh we have we have season tickets at lord's so uh you know which I just absolutely love Dan came along with me the other year uh I see Jonathan there every year we go, and we catch up, which is great fun I've got lots of mates who go and I absolutely adore that, not least because it allows me to drink for the entire day watching sport, as opposed to just a little bit before and afterwards like at the football. And in fact, I'm off to the cricket on Thursday to see the see England play Bangladesh with a very good mate of mine at the Oval. So basically, John, my summer will be taken up with watching a lot of cricket, uh carrying on drinking and uh and lying down after the rigours of doing the fan cast for nine months. But uh, rest assured I will be enjoying myself and I shall be back Fully recharged next season. I'm just going to read out a couple of because there's some hilarious red or white. Says Rocky Mountain Blue, uh, both, and I do like uh, I do like champagne. I'll be honest with you, I drink a lot of champagne at Lords, which is very sounds very naughty, but I like it. You know what can I say? Um, John very kindly says, "Good on you, J.K." Do you remember the old ruffians from Ladbroke Grove?
0: Yes, I do actually. I do. What, I, but I what are they? Different context. I do different context. Climbing, uh, yeah. you, you stumped uh, him there. It's it's um, it, it, it's it's somewhere in the back of my mind, but yes, yes, I'd need some help. I need a few more mm. uh, uh, key words to remember everything.
2: Okay, and Shed Upper Man says a bit of speedway, sometimes tennis, and the odd bit of baseball on TV. Rocky Mountain Blues is baseball, Colorado Rockies, Lester, the lovely Lester, who for the newbies amongst you, you should understand that uh, Leicester is also known in fan car circles as And Leicester, and he's been listening to this show since we started, really. So, And he says, walking footy is fun, uh, and that's about it. Oh, basically, he says, based at the Warwick Castle, Jonathan John, uh, Chips says. Does that ring any bells?
0: Yes, 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 yes. Yes, I need a couple of names of people, and it'll all come flooding back. I think I may have played for them. I think, to my horror, going back about else about thirty years, God save us help
2: mm. yes anyway mark, mark barford Mark Barford has just very pointedly said it 's nine seventeen p m Do love a lock in uh, he's I, I get the point, <laughs> Mark. we should go um listen, I just wanted to say very quickly, thank you for these emails tonight in particular, but uh you know also throughout the entire season they 've become. Uh, A real feature of the show. Um, We're we're honoured that we have Jonathan to read them out. I mean, when you consider that Jonathan's one of the preeminent voiceover artists in the country and he he willingly gives up his time for free and reads them as brilliantly as he does, we're very lucky. But none of that would happen, of course, if you didn't actually send them all in. And I love you all for doing that. So when we start again in, in the new season, keep doing the same. Right, we really do have to go. That's all we've got time for this week. And in fact, of course, this season possibly I may do a special over the summer we'll see uh, but anyway before that happens don't forget to download the Kerry Dixon show uh, sometime this week uh, because I can't do it on Thursday because I'm going to be at the cricket I haven't told him yet but uh, no doubt we'll get something recorded this week um, and I'll give the final uh, we will give them fact the final reaction to Chelsea's defeat to Arsenal in the FA Cup and we'll have a look back on the season as a whole as well Right, that will be it, as I said, for the Chelsea Fancast for another season. Massive thanks to the regulars on the show who have been Dan Levine, Clayton Beerman, Mark Worrell, Tony Glover, Sebo Mahoney, Liam Toomey, Oliver Harbord, and of course tonight's guests, which have been Dan Silver and Alex Churchill. And last, by uh, by no means least, the Ernie Wise to my Eric Morecambe, the Sid Little to my Eddie Large, the David Speedy to my Kerry Dixon, the wonderful Jonathan Kidd, who gets the award for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Oh, Chidge, thank you. No, it's it's joyous. Uh, joyous. to your bracket.
2: (laughs) Uh, The hinge to my bracket? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Dan. I was struggling to think of another one. I I kind of ran dry (laughs) after that. But, I'm uh, about uh, to you The, the, the <coughs> chuckle
0: to your chuckle brothers, but that's not very. Oh, yeah, yeah, It doesn't but really it, work, hinch, doesn't it? But good, to good my attempt. bracket is excellent. In, I, shouldn't I like that.
2: Finished. That's very good. Anyway, listen, <laughs> most of all. Thank you, most Joyous. Of all, joyous,
0: f- joyous season. Joyous shows. Thank m- you. I know it
2: has. We're not quite there. We're not quite there yet. I've got a few more thank yous. Uh, most of all, <clears throat> of course, a massive thanks to all of you who have listened to us, not just this season, but for the last nine seasons. As I've said repeatedly, without you, it just wouldn't be worth doing. And just remember. No matter how bad Saturday was, we end this season as champions. Do not forget it. Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chiz, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dan at Sills 73 and Alex at CFCGWLB. And, of course, check out the website, ChelseaFanCast.com. I'll be putting stuff up over the summer. In fact, I might even put up a few classic shows if you behave yourselves. Anyway, many thanks to the Chelsea FanCast bloggers. They're lovely. Keep them coming. Right. uh, You two, three, even. I can't count. Oh, I know what I needed to say. I forgot to say this. This is very naughty of me. Um, I just wanted to... Uh, also, thank uh, Football Fancast and the many, many, many people who help us do what we do and support us on Twitter and Facebook, uh, and to all of you who engage with us here, there, and send us emails and all of that. But on that note, I really would like to wish the lovely Beth Wild, who of course has been the, I mean, the, the driving force behind Chelsea in America for years. Uh, she's getting married on Saturday, so I'd like to wish her a wonderful wedding and a happy retirement as the uh, Queen of CIA uh beth thank you for all of your support over the years and i'm really really sorry i can't make it over to texas to celebrate with you but i know you'll have a wonderful day and a wonderful life with carlo so big big hugs and kisses to you for that right uh dan it's been a real pleasure this season thank you again for tonight you've been an absolute superstar as always
3: great it's been a fantastic year and thanks for having me
2: (laughs) my pleasure alex as always you have been a revelation and we love you deeply
1: Thank you. I'm more tearful now after all those nice things people say
2: about you. Oh, well, I love you. I mean, Church. you know, we yeah, love we you too. I love you too. You know, it'd be a bit very shit show podcast, if it was just though.
1: me. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I podcast. <laughs> no, I, the better
2: one is no, no. The London is Blue Boys call me the Podfather. <laughs> I
1: think I like that. You, you need a mug with that, and I need a sweary Poppins mug.
2: You do. I think we should get t shirts. We'll get t shirts made over the summer. I'll have one with the Podfather on it. You can have Sweary Poppins. Okay. And uh, I'd, we'll have to think of uh, t shirts for everybody with appropriate uh, <laughs> monikers on there. Um, anyway, last but not least, Jonathan, you've been uh, my absolute rock all season. Uh, thank you so much for your help and support. You are an absolute legend, mate.
0: Lovely. You're Gladstone to my Disraeli.
2: Oh, no, I like that. that. Okay. That no, all, up, all right. Really.
1: Might be a bit of highbrow. Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah.
2: It is a bit. Me. It I'll is a bit. keep
0: trying. I keep trying.
2: You keep trying. You keep trying over the close season, mate. By the uh, beginning of the next one, you'll have it done. I'm sure you will.
0: Then. I'll have it then. Good stuff. Yeah, but as I said, Chid,
2: fantastic, great fun, as always. It is d- really o- always is. Fun. right. Um, it being that this part's now stretching to 40 minutes, I think we should. I think obviously what we what's happening here, with my psychotherapist hat on, unconsciously we just don't want to go, because we know that there won't be any podcasts for months. So that means we're stretching it out and stretching it out and stretching it out. But we really do have to go. I, I, what well, Final word, I just wanted to say to you out there, have a great summer, one and all. And we'll, we, we will be back next season. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree and keep it Chels. Up the Chels!